gentlemen, I think I know what you did last summer. Yeah? Yeah. John, you went to Star Trek camp, and you worked your way through the ranks up to the red shirts. You uh-huh. went on a away mission and got shot, and you died. Is that what you did? Uh, so, so close. <laughs> I mean, you were like right there, except what I did was stay in my house the whole summer. <laughs> oh, right. There was a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, tomato, tomato, in my mind, that's what I did. So You fantasized about being a red shirt? Every day. Oh, I'm like, way. I'm going to be the one that survives. <laughs> okay. Well, then you got to change the color of your shirt. Reds don't live. No, bringing red back. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, you joined uh, a fighting game tournament and won silver medal. With, uh, I'm going to go with Charlie Nash. Is that what you did last summer? I can neither confirm nor deny this. <laughs> <laughs> no, the unfortunate fact is John's right. We were in a pandemic all summer. The good news is, is that's all ending now, right? Because everyone did what they were supposed to do. Right. It's not stage five in Austin again. Oh, Remember for like three weeks when we thought we were going to have a great summer and then found out that's right. Like 30 percent of the population is uh, like the dumbest people. They're knuckle draggers. So <laughs> guys, guys, let's we might have some dumb people out there listening to us. Stop. Let's be nice please stop moment. listening. No, no. <laughs> please stop being dumb. I'd prefer that. <laughs> well, we got school starting up and this is about the time where kids are going to roll back into school and have to write the what did you do last summer paper. Is it all going to be the same? It's like, oh, I played Minecraft for 800 hours. I think I think Minecraft is like old now. Oh, God. Are, your finger is so far <laughs> from the pulse of the young community. What Fortnite we, is the still, hotness. Yeah. See, that seems old by now. No, no that's Fortnite's like still huge. Still the big game. Minecraft was already like 11 years old when Fortnite came out. And you're like, no, Fortnite seems old. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Apex Legends? There were some other ones. They just couldn't usurp uh, Fortnite. Huh? No, they have like concerts in Fortnite now. It's a community. What is happening? Uh, we're getting old. That's what's happening. I don't like it. <laughs> well, I wrote my one-man play based off the movie Candyman about a young man coming of age and really becoming one with his sexuality. It's called Candyman's. And mm. uh, okay. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to unleash it on the world, you guys. I think you should option this off to the musical theater. The musical theater. The musical theater. <laughs> Mark, are you sure you're not a robot? Because that was the weirdest way to say that. I can no, no cor- I can neither uh, confirm nor deny this. I can neither talk nor talk. His programming is off. It's going off. That's <laughs> Y2K. It's finally. That's Mark. He's like, well, it's got to be Y2K since he knows what's so up and hip. Look, I've been sick all week. I'm trying to get through this today. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about what we did last summer's or stills. Or I knew, or always. I know what you did last summer. There it is. Thank you. No problem. I'll reboot right now. (laughs) Be doo doo doo. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark, again joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, how are we doing today? I'm sure you can hear my voice, but I'm getting over some crud. That's the official Southern term for being sick. Crud. I'm definitely doing better than you. So that's how I'm doing. I'm on like four hours of sleep. So um, I'm doing great. (laughs) Status quo, if you will. Sounds like John's going to have to get us through this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Take the wheel, John. Isn't that Jesus takes the wheel? Sometimes. Sometimes. But today it's John. Sometimes he's carrying you, though, if you're like on a beach. Is that that the the horror movie title, Sometimes Jesus Takes the Wheel? Yeah, that sounds pretty terrifying. Well, what have we been up to since last time? 
Uh, let's see. I've been pretty busy. I watched a million movies. Very few of them horror movies. I watched all the John Wick movies for the first time. Wait, you hadn't seen any of those before? None. Aren't they great? They Two thumbs way up. Yes, sir. They are tremendous films. Well, I own all three John Wick films, and I've also yet to see them. What's the so. matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I rented the first one, and then I went out and bought the three-pack, because I was like, I'm going to want to watch all of these, and I did in a day. I so. hear they're fantastic. Oh, dude, they were. I'm so glad Keanu came back because that was mm-hmm. like his resurgence, I think. Um, but those movies are violent, but they're so well choreographed because the directors of those movies were actually stuntmen. So yeah. they knew what to do and make those scenes look amazing. I love all of them, but I think part one is still my favorite. Part one probably is the best, but the fight at the end of part three, where in that, they're in that glass room, oh, yeah. that was awesome. It was almost tiring, though. Too many yeah. planes of glass. Can and you have too many planes of glass to throw people through? I think you can, and I think John Wick found <laughs> it. But I love the knife fight. So good. Yeah, anyway, you got to watch these movies. Yeah, They're man. cool. You're missing out. Uh, on the horror front, I watched the worst horror movie I've ever seen in my life. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said that multiple times in this no, podcast. this one really is. Like, apparently, I didn't even log it. That's how much I hated it. Now, hold on. This is going to be one that John found on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so <laughs> much better, Mark. <laughs> so much okay. better. My wife bought it for me in a three-pack at the dollar store. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where we go for it for quality. <laughs> and, and shared a DVD with another movie, so it didn't even get its own DVD. <laughs> it is called Beneath the Mississippi. River? Uh, no, just beneath the Mississippi. Well, oh. yes, they're on a river. Okay. Uh, but the movie is called Beneath the Mississippi, if you want to uh, watch it. I, now, After this that is, resounding I recommendation, know. I don't know why I wouldn't. This is a legitimate copy that I got, I mean, from the dollar store, but it was, it was, you know, from the publisher. And it looked like somebody recorded it off of a movie screen. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. Everything was just dark. Uh, there was the dialogue. They turned the volume down to, like, two. Uh, so you couldn't hear anything. This was like an eighth grade student film and somehow ended up on a DVD with, I think, a, a, a radioactive crocodile movie. <laughs> and then I watched it and it was, oh, and it was over two hours long. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so bad. that You finished it. I, oh, I did because I was watching it with my wife and she would not let us not watch it. I wanted to stop sp- it about 15 minutes in. <laughs> I spent the $2 on this film. By God, we're going to watch it. It was the worst film. Now, in that same three-pack, I watched the best horror movie I've probably ever seen, Toxic Shark. Ooh. Uh, yeah, this was a sci-fi movie during Shark of Week. Of course. Uh, where a shark not only can eat you, but it also can shoot toxic sludge at you. Mm. Uh, Genius! Genius! It was tremendous. Uh, it was filmed, I can only assume, by student actors uh, who were doing it for like school credit, but that just made it that much better. Is there a possibility that this is basically some like high school kids' like fun little projects they did in their spare time? They just dropped it at the Dollar General <laughs> they and walked just put a price in. tag on it? Like Dollar General had no idea this movie existed there? I hope so. Beneath the Mississippi, I believe that is possible. <laughs> Toxic Shark, I did look up. Actually a movie. Uh, Beneath the Mississippi, though. Whew. So bad. So is Toxic Shark like a ghost shark, Sharknado level yes, quality? it is okay. in that vein. I would think maybe better than most of the Sharknados. Mm, okay. So yeah. you're recommending if you're Toxic looking Shark. For a Sharknado type film, yes, I would recommend Toxic Shark. It is really fun. It is a fun, stupid movie. Well, let's go ahead and piggyback off that real quick and uh, just remind everyone that our friends out there made that movie Bad CGI Shark. Mm, and yes. I did finally watch that, and it was 
It was bad. It was a CGI <laughs> shark, and I had a blast with it. It was really fun. I think that's the idea, right? Yeah, no, it was it was definitely going for that. It was definitely like like bad for the sake of good. Um, I think it missed the mark a little bit on some of its humor, but for the most part, I think what they set out to do, they actually accomplished. So um, just wanted to say I finally got around to watching that. I apologize. I know you guys pinged us about this when it first was coming out. I just I'm not a big shark movie guy. Like evidently they're making a Meg too. Oh, please. Statham beat them back into the Paleozoic. <laughs> How could we have another? They spit no. toxic stuff. No, I'm just kidding. There's even a bigger <laughs> oh, Meg. We're going that route. That's it. Right. Exactly. Super Meg. The yeah. Mega Meg. Oh. Yeah. How did you miss that, Mark? Uh, Mega Meg is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched The Forever Purge, a.k.a. The Texas Purge. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I did not expect to like that movie. I've seen two of them. One of them was bad. That being the first Purge that we went and saw and did an episode on okay. forever Not ago. the first Correct. Purge movie. We're going to have to have this conversation every time it's brought up, it's, and I hate this franchise for that. Yeah, very annoying. Yes. We should do a, a short episode about all the shittily named horror, like... The final destination. And they're like when these movies name themselves something and they're not even like they can't be what they are anymore. Yeah, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Yeah. Bullshit. We've got six more in the can. Wasn't Final Destination 3D actually Final Destination 4? <laughs> yes. So, yes. <laughs> it sucks. But yes, the first Purge, the movie title. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that one much at all. But this one was actually pretty good. Uh, they really lean heavily into the political unrest in America. No. Yeah. So the forever purge means that, that the people that are pro-purge decide that they're going to riot and make the purge forever. Hmm. So that's what it is. It's like it's set in Texas on this ranch. Uh, a family and the uh, the ranch hands are all doing their thing, and it's purge day. And he gives all of his workers bonuses. It's called the purge bonus. So, hey, just go stay in your house, chill out. We don't want to interact and, and do this shit. Right. Well, one of them is part of one of the Forever Purge, and they take the family hostage, and then they all got to fight. And then they t- turns out the day later, they all think the purge is over, but it's not. All these guys are coming in on big trucks and guns, and woo, Forever Purge, you know. So it's all about these people trying to get out of there, and America's being overrun by a group of crazy people, hmm. kind of like the January 6th thing. Yeah, what, it feels like it's too close to home. It's a bit, and that's a lot of the criticism they were getting in their what reviews. What does the military do about it? They're getting fucked. No. Yeah. We have fucking tanks and F-15s, <laughs> and we're getting fucked by a couple of fucking hillbillies who are like, I want to keep killing. Well, remember, the Purge universe has weird political parties now. It's not Democrats and Republicans. It's like the F... The New Founding Fathers. Yeah, the New Founding How Fathers. How the fuck did you remember that, John? Because <laughs> uh, I've seen all the Purges, and actually, I like the Purge universe. Uh, um, even the first Purge. It's a good concept. Yeah, so it's it's not this. It's not a one-for-one America, you know what I mean? It's a little different, so. Also, what I like about the first Purge, even though it's not the best movie, is that it does explain why everyone just moves to murder. Because first, at first, everyone was just having a fun time, which is, I think, what would really happen. I don't think most people would immediately jump to murder if all laws were suspended. No. They would do drugs and, like, underage drinking, which is what happened. And then the new founding fathers are like, uh, we're going to need to pump this kill in way up. Yeah, but, you know, being in 2021, these Purge movies are getting a little closer to home. <laughs> yeah. Like, back in 2018 or whatever, when we watched the first Purge, like this would never fucking happen. Yeah. Now I'm like that shit hits different now. Yeah, I'm like uh, I could see this. I know you have to suspend disbelief for this kind of stuff. It's just like like the forever purge. A, a good chunk of people are gonna. It's like no, we have a military. We have you know. It's like I'm sorry. 
no group of 20 dudes in the back of their F-150 going like, I'm going to keep killing forever, is not going to stand two seconds against a tank that's going to go, there's a target, boom. We have drones, bro. You know? No, you're not wrong. But I think that this group that was trying to make the Forever Purge a thing was way more organized than the January 6th garbage. I'm not talking about the January 6th. I'm just talking in general. In general, like, I know. When people in Texas, like, uh, in case you guys don't know, we live in Texas. When I see those fucking, like, succeed, or not succeed, succeed. Yeah. <laughs> that D is very important. Yeah. <laughs> So um, the secede fucking bumper stickers, I'm just like, you idiots. A, you have no idea the, like, economic ramifications that would have on you. Number two, not a chance. Like, the military has military-grade shit. Like, a coup does not happen unless you have the military on your side. So that's why I was wondering if the the forever purge had the military being like, let's purge, too. Because uh, not the purge too, but like less purge too. Because <laughs> no, yeah, I think I think there's the the secedists, if you want to call them that, the forever purgists. They're in among the ranks too. Like it's it's a deep rot. Oh boy, I'm I saw the trailer and honestly, like my interest was peaked because I was like, how are they going to play this off? And um, based off your recommendation, I might check it out. I'm not a big purge fan. I don't think those movies are good in any form or fashion, but. The idea, like, I was just kind of like, you can't go this big with it and not have, like, a really good, well-written reason to why this should work. I'm really intrigued to find out if they if they just screw the pooch or if they go for it. Yeah, I think that was a mistake on the Purge franchise part for each one to be bigger than the last. In this universe, they could have just done a bunch of Purge stories, just different groups of characters and different... Like, they didn't have to keep getting bigger and bigger because, yeah, now it's like, oh, what, like next is Global Purge. Well, did like, that TV show ever happen? Remember they are making that TV show for USA? The yeah, one they had out. the commercial for at... The one they had the commercial for and, like, during the credits of, like, the, the Forever Purge... Not the Forever Purge, the first Purge. Yeah, they, they did it. It came out... None of us watched it. No, but I don't. I heard nothing about it. I think the problem with the Purge show, well, I don't know if it's a problem. Problem for me is it was on the USA Network, and I don't think it was streaming anywhere, and I don't have cable, so that show may as well not exist to me. USA, where shows go to die. <laughs> yeah, like be if you were on Hulu, uh, I would have probably watched you. First off, you shut your goddamn mouth because you know what? If it wasn't for USA Network, we would not get the final season of Law and Order: Criminal Intent. Okay. With Bam. my man, Vincent D'Onofrio. Does that air before or after Silk Stockings and Up All Night? Because that was the last time was, I cared about USA. <laughs> it was definitely earlier than that. Wasn't no. SmackDown on USA? You wouldn't have got the I, third best wrestling show. I stopped <laughs> watching wrestling when Goldberg was around. That was when I stopped watching. Who's Goldberg? Goldberg. You remember Goldberg? The big yeah. old dude, shaved head and goatee. He was all in gold? You just named like half the wrestling community. <laughs> nope. Oh, no, no. I was thinking no, of gold it, dust. Gold, Goldberg no. was the guy who did the spear or whatever. Yeah. He was undefeated. Yeah, that he was, was the well, biggest dude forever. Yeah, that was well in the SmackDown's territory. Oh, okay. Well, then <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't see it, John. Maybe you were a WCW guy. Yeah, that was where the NWO popped up. Let's not turn this into a wrestling podcast. Welcome to wrestling talk. Anyway, I will just finish uh, the purge talk saying that there is a fun, not a fun, an interesting plot line where some Mexicans cross the border and we do follow their um, lives coming into Texas, being a part of this purge. And then they have to use the the network of uh, getting people across the border in reverse. So that was interesting. I like that a lot. If we just had that wall, Americans couldn't skate back to Mexico. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But if all crime is legal, there's no such thing as illegal immigration. Boom. It's, ju oh. it's just immigration. All right. Well, you watch it and then give me your thesis on everything. I would movie. like to know what the, the new founding fathers think of that. <laughs> well, they think that they're going to need some purchasers at the border to murder these people coming over. Some purginators. And that's more or less kind of what happens. Yeah. But anyways, check it out. I had a good time with it. 
All right, well, let's get into today's movie, which Garrett uh, alluded to, not alluded to, just flat out said it, is uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. This was a recommendation by my wife. It's her birthday, so she wanted us to do this one, so happy birthday. This is all you're getting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was wondering how we landed on this. I was like, I don't remember who picked this, and I kind of thought it was a me pick because this was a pretty this bad This could have been you. Yeah. This could have been you. It yeah. could have been a me pick. Also, because I really try to get us to do more 90s horror, so uh, good work, Mark's wife. I don't know if we say wives' names on the show. Oh, you could say her name. All right, good work, Jessica. Yeah. All I know is this may be an entertaining episode, or this may be the prelude to Mark's divorce. Okay, <laughs> so stay tuned, listeners. We'll have an update on our social media. Well, I will come back next time, and it's gonna be like now you got to do urban legends. My wife says, and then the podcast is over because you guys were the goddamn. That was, a, that was a note I had. I was like, hey, some of this reminds me of urban legends, which apparently came out the very They're next like year, back to back, right? Yeah, uh, mm. I like urban legends. I'm gonna go out there and say that I watched it. I don't know, a year ago, eighteen months ago, and uh, I thought it was fine. It seems like goddamn Citizen Kane compared to this. <laughs> I actually enjoyed Urban Legend too. I didn't think I would because I really hate the way Hollywood's like, urban legends are the scariest thing in existence. Like, no, they're fun little like quirky, creepy stories that are meant to like, you know. And then it's just like, but that movie did a kind of a good job of being like, hey guys, this is kind of, they're kind of schlocky, but uh, hey, this is kind of fun, right? Yeah. Plus the concept of a killer who kills using urban legends, that's awesome. That was untouched property. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about that movie instead. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch that one. I will note that I almost watched the wrong movie because evidently there's two sequels. I still know what you did last summer, and I always know what you did last summer, which is very creepy when you think about it. I always came out in 06. I don't think anybody knew about it, though. No. I still knew what you did. <laughs> was it direct to the USA Network? <laughs> it sure seemed like it. <laughs> that was a sci-fi movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was there a toxic shark in it? <laughs> I still know what you did last summer. That came out the very next year and was like a popular one, so I knew about that. But I always knew. Mm. Or always know. I or, always know. Yeah. Like, it's not even like I, kn I always knew. It's just like... Anything you do, I will know. Yeah, I'll be watching you. Every step you take, every breath you take. Every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching uh, This was the first time I've ever seen this movie. Really? I never wanted to see this, you ever. lucky son of a bitch. Period. Wow. Even in, the, in high school, when this came out for me, I would have been like, damn, like a sophomore, something like that. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, that's not for me. That's not... That's not a Chucky. That's not a Freddy. That's not a J. That's not a horror movie I'm interested in. And I like Scream enough. But I was like, you're just trying to take uh, Scream's like cool, hip '90s vibe and do something lamer with it. Well, uh, Mark, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way since it's probably going to come up multiple times. This movie was written before Scream. This was the writer's first original movie. He shopped it around, and it, no one wanted it at all. And then one day he punched up the Scream script, supposedly within 48 hours. And I never buy it when people say they do that shit. Like, you did not buy it, write 120 pages He, pro he probably hours. wrote the, the, the layout of it. Yeah, like the like outline. Maybe the dialogue wasn't perfect, but I mean, scripts go through so many passes. I wouldn't be surprised if he came up with a meta idea for the slashers pretty quick and wrote out a, a general concept. But yeah, once Scream got like bought by Miramax and then was such a massive hit, um, he brought I Know What You Did Last Summer out of the, the trunk and Universal. No, who bought this? Universal, yeah. right? 
I thought it was no, no, no it wasn't Miramax because they sued him. Yeah, yeah, Universal or somebody did. Someone um, else like bought this one immediately because they were like, oh my god, from the guy that wrote Scream, and um, that's how this got started. So a movie that no one wanted suddenly got wanted after he wrote a a, a good script. Interesting so. how that happens. Man, y'all two hating on this movie. <laughs> Damn, I'll go to bat and say it's fine. It's a perfectly fun '90s slasher. Look, I was talking from the point of view of Mark from '97. Oh, okay, I have okay. yet to get into 2021, Mark. Fair. Uh, let's see, John of 97 was 11, so he probably didn't know about this movie at all. That's fair. Well, one thing I did realize that my wife told me is that this was based on a book. Mm-hmm. So the writer of this is Lois Duncan, who did have one other one that went to the movies called Hotel for Dogs. I don't know if y'all saw that one. Is that like a Disney movie? <laughs> I, it was a kid's movie okay. for sure. I'm, I'm in. I'm on board. I don't know yeah. what it's about, but I'm on board. I've actually seen it because okay. we were bored one night flipping through Netflix and we're like, ah, fuck it, and just drank booze and watched it. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, the story of the book is vastly different from what we see on the screen. Yep. Uh, first case, everybody's in college except for one of the characters by this point. They hit a 10-year-old boy on a bicycle. And then they they decide they don't want to do anything with him. They leave him and then call an ambulance down the street. So because they're like Barry's driving the car in Mm -hmm. this version. And uh, they're like, I don't want to get in trouble. DWI, whatever, whatever. So they wait a while, call an ambulance, say there's a hit kid on the road. When the ambulance show up, the kid's still alive, but he dies. There's no man with a hook and a rain slicker at all in the book. Interesting thing is I've actually read that book by Lois Clark Duncan. Um, She's actually pretty interesting. She actually updates her books. Um, she rewrites some of the same stories to make them like more accessible for modern audiences. I think she rewrote this story, hmm. and instead of the Vietnam War, it was the Iraq War. But yeah, in the original book, no one dies. Like none of our characters dies, and she was super pissed that they turned this into a slasher flick. Like, and she was very vocal about that, like in public. Um, Man, I wonder how much money though. You think that money helped? Yes. Um, according to the the information on this, uh, her books, this book sales quadrupled by 10 times. I don't know why they phrased it like that, because that math is fucking <laughs> Quadrupled by 10 yeah, times? That's what it said in the, the, the sentence of things. Like, um, her books of this one skyrocketed after this movie came out. So, I mean, she can be upset, but she yeah. can cry herself to sleep on her pile of money. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would get over that pretty quick when a, the check was rolling in. I'm like, oh, now I can write another book. Yeah. Uh, oh, people actually have heard of my books. I actually did not know this was a book. Uh, I always thought it was just a new movie. Oh, what in God? <laughs> I'm showing them the cover right now. It's it wow. Was this written in the 50s? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like an older book. Like, I don't know what it was. Um, Fascinating. But yeah, like the first time it was written, like Vietnam War was one of the reference points. And then so it's she, the 80s. she wrote it later with like Iraq being the war and there were cell phones and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, the boy doesn't die because of the, the hit and run in the book. And well, uh, the the killer is different. It's not the same killer. Uh, Julie's a cheerleader. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character, yeah. like which is a complete tonal shift. Like here, she's like this mousy, quiet, smart girl. Yeah, I she's didn't know her name was Julie. To college, <laughs> you what throws me off is that uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character's name is Helen, which doesn't strike me as a teenager's name. I just can't like, <laughs> right. wrap my mind around. Obviously, Helens were teenagers, but the you, book was written way back then. Okay, yeah, let's put out a, a a a poll. How many Helens are under the age of thirty? <laughs> yeah, I just like, oh, okay, so you were eighteen in nineteen ninety six as a Helen. Wow, we're gonna get a comment on this episode on SoundCloud. So like, I'm one of your oldest listeners, and I'm done with you guys. Signed. Helen. <laughs> 30 Helens agree. Coleslaw deserves another chance. 
Well, now that we've established that this was a book and it's completely different, let's talk about the movie itself. Filmed in 1997. Not filmed. Released in 1997. The year of the Kraken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 97, good year. I've got some vintage surge in the fridge from 97, oh, John. That was prime. After this, we'll, uh, we'll throw on a bad oh. a shark movie and, and sip our... Love it. <laughs> uh, oh, to go back to wrestling, 97, that was really the kickoff of the Attitude Era. It was really starting to pick up then. <laughs> uh, yeah, how do you remember all this? <laughs> oh, dude, I loved wrestling back then. Yeah. Oh, I was so into it. Show me your NWO tattoo. I, was, I didn't like it that much. See, but. that was after my time. I think, like... When Hulk Hogan fought Ultimate Warrior, that's about the last true wrestling memory I have, like from me being into it. I mean, of course, you can't ex- you can't avoid like knowing who The Rock mm-hmm. is and stuff like that. This one stars Jennifer Love Hewitt as Julie James, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Helen Shivers, Ryan Philippe as Barry Cox, Freddie Prince Jr. as Ray Bronson, Muse Watson as Benjamin Willis slash The Fisherman, Bridget Wilson Sampras as Elsa Shivers. She was also Sonya in the Mortal Kombat movie, right? Who the fuck knows? She was in Billy Madison, I'll tell you Then that. it's definitely Sonya yeah. from Mortal Kombat. Uh, let's see. Do we need oh, anything? That's where I remember her from. Billy Madison. Okay. I knew she looked familiar. Anne Hesh as Melissa Egan and Johnny Galacki as Max. Currently on the Rotten Tomatoes. This one is sitting. 15, 15% tomatoes. John, what do you say? 50%. I want to say 46% actually. Okay, you've all gone, you all overbid. 1% Bob. <laughs> no, actually, uh, Garrett didn't, but it's at a 44% with the critics Ooh. and 40% with the audience. Wow, pretty, it's pretty close. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> I like how it's close, but it's still super fucking low. Here's what the back of the VHS box has to say about I Know What You Did Last Summer. Jennifer Love Hewitt from TV's Party of Five and Sarah Michelle Gellar from Scream 2 stars with Freddie Prince Jr., Ryan Philippe, and Johnny Galecki in this terrifying tale of a body that just won't stay dead. Okay. After an accident on a winding road, four teens make the fatal mistake of dumping their victim's body into the sea. But exactly one year later, the dead man returns from his watery grave and he's looking for more than an apology. From the writer of Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer is a pure fright machine. That scares the hell out of you, says Norman Wilner of the Toronto Star. <laughs> He's asking for more than an apology. You just buried the damn lead. That was the saddest, yeah. like, and he's come back for something a little bit more than an apology, yeah. honestly. Well, he'd like a sincere apology, not just an <laughs> apology. Well, a couple of interesting points on that. One, Gary and I both looked at each other that they chose Scream 2 as what Sarah Michelle Geller is known for. Uh, right. Didn't realize that was a, a She thing. was already doing Buffy at this point. She yeah. was like in season two of Buffy when this movie was coming out. So, And they make this sound almost like a zombie movie. A corpse that won't stay dead. A year later, it comes back from the dead. Uh, spoiler, there are no zombies in this movie. Is this one a pure scream? Uh, sorry, a pure fright machine? Hmm. I've seen a lot of machines. I've seen a lot of fright machines, but I don't know if this one really becomes a fright machine. No, it's more like a... A fright basic tool. Yeah. You know, like a Fisher Price, like yeah. my first fright machine. Yeah, the Duplo of fright machines. Yeah. Everything's made out of rubber. Can't hurt anybody. Oh, God. This movie. Yeah, that's that's a weird. I mean, I know why they did it, because Scream was massive. So I'm sure they were like, yo, related to Scream. Again, didn't they? I think, John, you may have said this, but didn't they get in trouble because they were from the, the person that brought you Scream? 
And like the studio sued. It was very interesting. It's the only piece of trivia I know about this. So I'm going to get it out now. They were saying from the creator of Scream and Miramax sued because they said Wes Craven is the director of Scream. And this other company was like, well, yeah, but this guy wrote Scream and uh, they lost. And apparently the director is the creator of a movie. See, that's a very interesting conversation that should be had because and that was in a court of law? I don't know if they went to... to it was in street court, Mark. <laughs> it was either through, like, the industry association, like the Directors Guild, or, yeah, or I think it was in court, though. That's crazy to consider a director the creator, because that is not accurate. Yeah, I would consider well, the screen... part of. Well, that's the thing, is that a director can add a vision to a, a script that can truly make it their own unique th- thing. I mean, look at... Think about a basic script and then think about someone like, you know, it was just referenced like James Gunn or think about a Wes Anderson. If they didn't write their own script, you know, like, do they turn it into the type of movie that we we know and expect? Yeah. I mean, again, this is a very nuanced conversation. I don't think we need to go in the rabbit hole right now on. I'd love to at some point. But um, I don't think films have a single creator. It's impossible. No. I mean, if you think about like even the, just the gaffers, the lighters, I mean, yeah. everybody, I mean, like without unless, that. Unless your credit says written, directed and produced, that guy created yeah, but it. But then the editor plays a big role. Sure. Yeah. Know? OK, then edited yeah, slash exactly. editor. Like, yeah. <laughs> Remember when Tarantino was talking about his editor? He's like, without that, I have yeah. no movies or something like that. So you have to like write, produce, direct and edit. If you do all of that, so then you're probably the creator. Basically, the Medea movies. Like yeah. <laughs> you guys shut your goddamn mouth. We are going to do Medea uh, Boo 2 somewhere on this podcast. It, by the back of the box, I sorted it out. He is the writer of Scream, so they just said that instead. Well, uh, let's see. 2021 versions were all uh, leveled up. Do you level up as you we're age? leveled up. <laughs> I mean, our Aged numbers up. are higher. Yeah, our numbers are higher. A lot of our stats higher. are much lower, though. We've okay. managed not to die. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, fair enough. I'd say wisdom stat up, strength stat down. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Well, what do we think of I Know What You Did Last Summer in 2021? John, take us home. I liked it. Yeah, it was a fun movie. Now, is it when I throw it on and just watch it again? Probably not. But while I was watching it, I wasn't like, fuck, when is this going to be over? You know, I, uh, I enjoyed it. It was also such a great time capsule of the 90s. I was like, damn, man, the 90s do look old now. I will say that I'm pretty close to you. I'm not as enthusiastic as you sound about it. I thought it was fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, I have written on my notes, because you just said it twice now, referring to two different things you've watched, Mark. You said, it's fine. I feel like that's your, like, Siskel and Ebert catchphrase. Is like, is it fine or is it not fine? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I, oh, God, I don't, look, I don't like to be too harsh on movies just to be harsh on movies, because everyone loves what they love, and people work hard on these things, and I think a lot of effort went into making this movie. I can't agree that it's fine. I, I, oh, God, this movie was trying. And the thing is, it's competently made, but fuck me if this script is not like my first script writing gig. And honestly, it might have been at this point based off like how the fact that no one wanted I it. the script. I thought the story was good. The twist that comes isn't the super twist. spelled out. The twist? Yeah. There's no twist. The man shows up without his outfit. He's like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> but know? the fact that it wasn't, you know, it was the dad and da-da-da-da-da, I thought that was a good unexpected turn of events. Oh, see, the thing is, is like, I was so, like, I wasn't angry about the, like, the lack of that stuff actually, like, hitting properly. I was more just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, I never felt like, oh, man, I never felt happy about what was going on, but I never felt bad. And you know what? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Now let me define it's fine for you. Uh, I see this movie as kind of an aged up Scooby-Doo uh, mystery 
without the dog. Which is funny because Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince were in the Scooby-Doo oh. live action movies along with Matthew Lillard. Yeah. 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 I could see any one of those characters saying jinxies. <laughs> jinkies. Jinkies, you dumb fuck. Sorry, God. I'm not a big Scooby-Doo I'm guy. I'm quitting the podcast. Look. Jinxies, John. Jinxies. You owe me a Coke. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, no, but what I, yeah, so it's, it's like a Scooby-Doo thing, but the mystery itself is uninteresting. I don't care. I didn't care who killed who and who's who is whatever, whatever, like whatever. So what you're saying is this movie would have been amazing if we introduced the Harlem Globetrotters at some point. Yes, absolutely. That would have livened (laughs) things up. It just wasn't interesting. Like I wasn't intrigued by the mystery of it. That's it. It just was not interesting. (laughs) Everything that the, 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 let's, I'm not going to jump too far ahead, but that scene where, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, I'm just going to call her Buffy. Buffy's getting chased. Helen. Okay, Helen um, is getting chased uh, through the tire yard before, like through the building and the mm-hmm. tire yard. That's fucking amazingly well done. Like shot. That angles. was a good scene. But yeah. again, yeah, nothing seemed surprising. Nothing seemed interesting. Yeah, but I was just watching things play out, and I was like, okay. So when the reveal comes, that, like they were wrong about who's behind the hook and the fucking rain slicker. I was like, okay. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. Like, who is this guy? They never introduced him in the movie. That That's a pain point. I do agree with that. But I want to rewind a little bit. And you know that a review is great when it opens with, well, it's competently made. There's a back of the box <laughs> quote for you. Uh, you know, they got 24 frames every second on the screen. There were actors and actresses. <laughs> Look, we're trying to sell this movie to people. Think of something nice to <laughs> Look, say. He tried that too, and no one wanted it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, all right, I do agree that the characters were a little shallow and I didn't, wasn't terribly invested in their well-being, but, but, but that's what you want out of a main character. (laughs) But unlike a lot of teen slasher movies, I didn't actively want them to die. A lot of times I'm like, man, I cannot wait till these Oh, what about Barry? Slashed. What about Barry? You didn't want Barry to die immediately. Oh, I wanted Barry dead from second one. I was like, kill that man. <laughs> this man needs to go. He's just a you know an eighteen year old uh, testosteroneed up kid. That, that man's running right. for Supreme Court at some point and basically oh, having an God. investigation on oh, him. Oh God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Barry did not have a happy ending. But that's that's my problem with horror movies and stuff like that because everything, especially slasher flicks, because the trope and everything like that is so like beat. For beat normally um that's why scream flipped it on its fucking head is they kind of took that and then like actually spun it on you made you interested made you like whoa okay wow i don't really have a full you know like i don't know everything's about to happen before it happens um this movie just didn't have any of that and it's so unfortunate because i think the idea behind this um the story which i guess goes back to lois clark duncan's book is um it really is this kind of like loss of innocence like you know like the immediate loss of like childhood um into this weird adulthood but the way they handled it upset me from moment one are you adding the clark because of (laughs) michael clark duncan oh i might be adding (laughs) michael clark duncan (laughs) what is it there's no clark lois duncan Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> God, I would love if Michael Clark Duncan was actually Lois Duncan in disguise. To be, to be exact, her name is Lois Duncan Steinmetz. <laughs> I am way the fuck off. It's, Listeners, I, my streak of not knowing names is still intact. Hey, Michael Clark Duncan is a treasure. I wish he was still with us. It's astonishing how far apart those two Duncans look. I'll tell you what. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, again, I think, I think the, the concept for this story is really solid. Like the whole, like, you know, you kill someone they're not really dead they come back to get you but again when you even when you find out the twist i was like okay 
like I just I didn't give two shits at that point. And that's the most upsetting part to me is like you've got all the puzzle pieces in place. And yet when I flip the puzzle over to look at the picture, there's nothing there. It's just like, congratulations, you did a puzzle. And I'm like, oh, but also hear me out here. Is it possible that a bunch of men in the late 30s is not the target audience for this film? And that if we were in our, let's say, early 20s, we would have enjoyed it more. I will tell you, as a man in my 30s, wait, I'm older than 30. Fuck, oh, God, I don't even know how old I am. I can't get names right. I can't get ages right. John, unfortunately, you're the only one still in his 30s at oh, this point. All right, late 30s, early 40s. It's 1997, and you're 19, because it's a rated R movie, uh, and you go in there with your date. You're having an enjoyable movie experience. But you have Scream and Scream 2 at this point. Like... Like you have better options available to you. It's like having to like, like get a, I don't know. I'm not gonna do some stupid analogy, but the point is, is like, it just is upsetting because it's like, look, the, the blueprint of how to make a good slasher film is right there now. And well, then you couldn't do scream again. Then you just be like, Oh, okay. It's that's the next scream. movie title. Scream again. <laughs> I was hoping that would be. Uh, so they were, I think we're trying to go back to a more standard trope movie which sure i get it you know it's but he wrote a competent script with inner like enjoyable characters engaging dialogue in the movie scream and then to it seems like he sold this without going back and punching it up is what well, it seems like i think scream was his magnus opus right it was just the best thing that he was ever gonna make the guy went on to do dawson creek like come on like he's not really pumping out a Wait, lot of did hot. he really because there's a place called dawson's beach in this yeah, movie that is called, that a reference exactly okay i mean i don't think he had another scream in him you had a yelp uh, yeah that's it this is the you know this is the, this is what's left all of this being said is exactly why i think this movie is fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I would agree like i'm not trying to say that this is the like okay if you're gonna watch one slasher movie it better be this one i'm just saying i think it is fine <laughs> yeah there's nothing truly <laughs> gripping about it it's a one and done you watch it yeah. once and you're yeah. done it's not gonna be like in the pantheon of great slashers but it's a solid mid-tier film. I don't know the name of the actor who does Barry, but I'm sure if I was like a teenage or late uh, teenage girl and I saw Freddie Prince Jr. and this guy on the screen, I'd be like, ooh, la, la. Ryan and I'm sure Philippe? if I was, yeah, something Philippe, yeah. And I'm sure if I was like, I mean, even to this point now, like this movie's got tits a popping. That's true. Like Sarah Michelle Gellar. And if I was like a teenage boy, I'd be like, yo, have you guys seen? I know what you did last summer. Can you define tips a popping? Tits a popping, not tips a popping. Oh, that's 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 a different type of movie with a bunch of dudes. <laughs> tips a popping. Okay, I don't know if that's ever been made, but that is the new nomenclature for when a bunch of dicks are on screen. Tips okay. a popping. I like it. Okay trademarked can i define tits a popping yeah. uh there's just a lot of boob on the screen so not necessarily bare breasts no 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 okay oh and let's be honest i do not uh, the the nasa level grade dual-sided tape that was used in this film to keep those shirts on these ladies yeah, they're barely shirts holy god i was like i said i was like how many outtakes are there where it's like hold on guys tit on screen because they're wearing like what feels like loose flowing fabric at any given time. When she starts running in that dress, I was like, we're getting tit in this movie, evidently. No. So kudos to the tape man. Yeah. But, um, Lots of mid drifts too. Like, yeah, that so was a thing. That was a thing in the mid nineties yeah, though, totally bro. Though. I was like, and wow. God, mwah, what a glorious time it was. Mom well, jeans and mid drifts. Tell you what, those of us who don't it have was low rise still. It was still low rise oh, then. Was it? Yeah. yeah. 
tell you what, for those of us with the beer bellies, that was not a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Put on your crop top, John. Let's go to H E B. Yo, yo, back then I would. It now, I'm like whatever. I'm old and married. Let's do it. <laughs> right. I don't we, care what people think I look yeah, like. Before we get into the script, though, okay, let's let's get this movie rolling. This movie opens up with obvious, like honestly, gloriously beautiful shot of like I want to say a plane. I guess it'd be a drone nowadays flying over the coast. Um, there's waves crashing on this like rocky coast. It is beautiful. Like when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's right. This movie might be good. Cause I was like, there's some great cinematography here, but then they fucking partner it with a typo negative song. It's like, burr, 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 burr. and I want to take a moment to talk about how I almost bought the, I know what you did last summer soundtrack instead of running the movie on iTunes. Cause the, the, the thumbnails look very similar and I'm glad I didn't. Cause this t- soundtrack has such classics by, Kula Shaker, Typo Negative, Green Apple Quick Step. I don't know if you remember oh those guys. God, I haven't heard that name in 30 years. L7, Soul Asylum, Toad the Wet Sprocket, uh, Our Lady Peace. Fuck this music. Hoover Phonic, Corn, and uh, Southern Culture on the Skids, who actually make an appearance in the movie as the band at the, uh, the event. But man, this soundtrack, nothing will piss me off more in a mid 90s movie where they have a bad 90s soundtrack. Yeah, well, uh, there's two things in this movie music related that I was going to bring up. In one of their rooms, they have Moon Ska Records posters on their wall. <laughs> and I was like, hold the fuck up. Where's all the ska music then if you're going to have a record label that was putting out all the ska back then? I got you covered, Mark. They wanted their album to sell, so <laughs> they just put the posters up there. <laughs> oh, I, no. We, we, we see you out there, ska people. <laughs> Hang in there. We're with you. And the scene where someone gets run over by a car happens during a mighty mighty boss tone song is this when barry gets hit yeah it's when no it's when they drive and hit the guy in the road no that's offspring dude that's a song called dui by offspring is it <laughs> boss tones i swear to god that sounded like the fucking offspring song but i might be wrong We're back from the research facility. I was wrong. It is the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. I thought it was the Offspring song, mm-hmm. but evidently mm-hmm. Boss Tones and Offspring, same fucking band in my uh, opinion. We looked into the Grave Talk archives and our interns have let us know. Mm. <laughs> yep. If anything ska comes across the table, I'll be here to tell you about it. <laughs> it's our regular ska. When experts. Garrett drops the ball, Mark will be there to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. You heard it. <laughs> All right. That's, that's teamwork right there. Mark with the assist. <laughs> so, John, does the soundtrack slap? Uh, here's the thing about this soundtrack. I literally don't remember any songs on it at all. In fact, if you had told me, does this movie have a soundtrack? I would have said, I don't think so. I don't remember any music playing. You don't remember the typo negative intro that seemed like it took 40 minutes? Uh, no, I remember the, m- the music playing when the, when Barry turns it off because I laughed and agreed with them, but <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I was like, oh, that's the only music in this whole movie. Yeah. All right. Southern the, the, culture on the skids is literally playing at the, like, that's who I thought that was. Event. Yeah. It's definitely them. I was like, it's that snack cracker band. I actually looked that one up. Cause I was like, I think that's Southern culture. And then I was like, yeah, they make so an I appearance have to in the say movie. It's unoffensive, but it does not slap. Though you two seem mighty offended, so I don't know. Oh, I just really hated this era of alternative rock. Yeah. I thought it was awful. 
I, I actually, there's, there's some gems that I really love, but this was like, again, much like the movie, this was the B side of a good fucking album. <laughs> it's yeah. like, these are the B sides that don't make it on the album. Just like this movie is the B side to a slasher flick at the time. It deserves to be the second movie on a DVD found at the fucking dollar general. <laughs> All right. Dial it back here. It would at least be its own movie at the dollar general. All right. Fair. Okay. So the movie opens up with that awesome, uh, over the cliffs, um, pan shot or flying shot, whatever the fucking term is, um, aerial shot, aerial shot. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. And we we eventually land on a what looks like a just a bummed out fisherman sitting on the edge of a cliff. I thought there was blood dripping down from him, and maybe maybe there was because of uh, what we find out later on. But on the rock, like right below where he's sitting, it looks like there's blood dripping down. And then it looks like he's about to jump. And then fireworks pop off in the sky. And then we cut to the 4th of July celebration in what state was this in? Uh, Croker County. That's a county. It's not a state. <laughs> <laughs> One of the Carolinas. One of the Carolinas. Okay. It's, I, I thought it was like, I was like, where is there like, I thought it was like Louisiana or something like this. It looks like crawdad fishermen. But like, there's no mountains. There's no like cliffs like this in well, Louisiana. Fun fact, there's no cliffs like that in uh, the Carolinas either. They shot that. In California. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, You're ruining the movie magic, so, John. Uh, the town is actually, I think, in North Carolina, and all of the cliff in the driving scenes, though, was done in California. Okay. Classic. Mm-hmm. Classic Hollywood. It's giving the old one-two. It's that Lost in Powers line. Oh, this looks a lot like Southern England. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to, I guess, what is what at this point is the um, pageant? Croker County Miss Teen. Was it Miss Teen? Or I don't Miss think it said teen. I think it was just beauty pageant. Miss Croker. Miss Croker. <laughs> what a terrible title to hold. Uh, or, I'm the Croker Queen. Yeah, or Croak Queen, you know. They should put her in a frog costume. If they uh, don't call the MC of that thing the Croak Majeure, I'm going to be <laughs> really pissed off. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's basically like a, a beauty contest or a, I, I want to say talent contest too, but we saw some of the talents. There's no talent there. Um, yeah, it's very much based on like the uh, Miss USA type pageant. Okay, And also there's no age limit to the entry because later on whenever they're doing the next year's one i was like this lady's like 45 what is happening you know you know you don't have to be young to be beautiful mark (laughs) (laughs) good point i live by that every day (laughs) that's what i tell myself when i wake up every morning (laughs) sarah michelle geller buffy um Heller? Helen. 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 Who's named Heller? I, got, <laughs> I was thinking Geller. Uh, sorry. Fair. Uh, oh, yeah, this is my daughter, Hel- Heller. Heller Keller. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys. Anyway, I'm going to get through this. She's she's one of the contestants, and then her boyfriend, Barry, a fucking piece of work that guy is, and then um, Freddie Prince Jr. is the tall guy, right? Yes. Okay. Ray. Ray. Julie. They're all up in the the empty rafters. Helen wins. Yeah, because she's so ample. Is that what they said? <laughs> that's, that's like the first dialogue in the movie. Freddie, no, Barry. Yeah, Barry's like, I didn't realize that she was so ample. And the other guy, Ray, is like, yeah, she does exercises. Oh, to and pump then, them up. And yeah. I was just like, I was like, yo, what are those exercises? Does that really work? It sounds like a fucking urban legend. It probably is. That would have been an urban legend I would have liked to have seen. Okay. <laughs> and then Julie is like, uh, I don't know. She says some shit about, you know, hey, stop being so sexist, you assholes. And since it was the 90s, everyone just laughed like, ah, oh, sexism. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> Women are to be objectified. Yeah. Um, so I was joking, by the way. Don't fucking put that on my <laughs> my CV. Um, so anyway, yeah. So she wins, which you can uh, tell for Helen is like 
a big thing. Like it Huge. seems like this is almost like all she's got going for her. I do want to take a minute to talk about her speech because she has to give a you know what would you do to change the world? Take us speech. home, John. She says, <clears throat> "Let me clear my throat here so I get my best uh, <clears throat> Heller Geller." <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to live this one down. <laughs> Impression. <clears throat> well, Bob, at summer's end, I plan on moving to New York where I'll pursue a career as a serious actress. It's my goal to entertain the world through artistic expression and through art. I shall serve the country. <laughs> America. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Yankee doodle and dandy. Everyone cried and they're like, Give it to Helen. And that's how she won. Give it to Helen. <laughs> <laughs> she deserves the title of Miss Croker Queen. She said, growing up with a name like Heller and give it an answer. <laughs> and give it an answer like that. Give it to her. So her friends just lose their absolute goddamn mind. They're they're so excited for her. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened in this town since fishing became a thing. And then we cut to the outside party, which is where we see a Southern Culture playing. On the skids. On the skids. Basically, they're making their way through the um, the crowd. And then this is where we meet Max. I think that's his name, right? That is his name, Max. yes. Okay, keep it three letters and keep it simple. I will do fine. Leonard from that dorky CBS show. The Big Bang Theory. That's it, yes. Yeah, also from Roseanne fame. Right, <laughs> so, of course. But um, he's in this, and evidently him and uh, Julie had a thing, or they used to date, or what? I think he wants to have a thing, and Julie's very nice, and she's like, you know what, you know, keep up the good work, Max, you're a great friend. Hang in there, buddy. Yeah. yeah and he's like, he's like working this event, right? He's like a waiter? I don't really know what Passing out drinks? It looked like he was in a, a work uniform. Okay, that could, that's, oh, oh, you know what, that does make sense, that would explain later why he's driving yeah. uh, after everybody, okay. So he had a round of shots, and I thought he was trying to, like, I'm gonna have one with y'all, because we're all buddy-buddy, and then Barry comes over and well, does he this. says he says that before you leave town, we have to have a going away dinner like, toast or yeah. dinner or something like that. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think he was still trying to, like, make that happen, which is very creepy. I mean, she's got a boyfriend. The guy's a douche. Totally understandable. But, you know, you can't be trying to move in like that. Well, she Jennifer Love Hewitt's Julie character is dating Ray. Yeah. Not but Barry. It's Barry. Not Barry. It's okay. Barry who comes over and starts acting like a fucking tool. Well, Ray, though, also not that great of a boyfriend, as we'll see later. No, he's also weird. Yeah. But, but you're right. Barry is the real grade A asshole who just like storms in and is like, hey, it's Max. How about you, uh, you know, get the fuck out of here? You're really lame. He's like real alpha male in kind of bullying it. Shoving him around, pushing him. I was like, dude, what? Unnecessary. What is the, why this hatred towards Max? Like he's he seems like a nice enough guy. Barry can't get hard unless he's picking on somebody at this point. Okay, like that's this is the only thing that gets his rocks off. Is there a good Barry in anything? I feel like every Barry's Resident a piece Evil. of shit. Okay, that Barry's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out. But wasn't there a shitty Barry in one of the other movies we did? Uh, uh, Marvin? Marvin Barry? Okay, that's the last name. I'm not <laughs> counting that one. <laughs> no, uh, we, we did uh, the, the Texas Chainsaw... Uh, the next generation. Oh yeah, oh. remember that shitty Barry? Yeah, yep. that's true. Yeah, poor Barry's everywhere. Do you getting... think that was a callback? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're like that bad Barry is also in this movie. <laughs> oh, that's a good movie title, Bad Barry. Oh um, shit, patented. <laughs> <laughs> what was that alien movie? Wasn't that a Barry? Mac know. and Me? No, the one on Shutter, the one with the alien drug uh, heroin movie. Oh yeah, that was it fried, was like berry. fried berry. Fried berry. Oh man, um, berries are getting the short end of the stick. Yeah, berries. Totally. We're gonna we're gonna reverse this. Wasn't we're gonna there eat a you berry bad. comedian though? He was like a newspaper writer. No, 
You talking about Marion Barry? I don't know who I'm no, talking I'm about. Kidding. I give up on these. Marion Barry was like a, 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 a mayor. Bear. Yeah, <laughs> a writer named Barry. Yeah, Todd, Todd Barry was. Todd Barry's Barry was right. <laughs> oh, I didn't know this. Barrys are allowed to write. It's uh, they passed it recently. It was an amendment, uh, but this has been your Barry minutes. <laughs> there was Mary Barry from. Uh, Top British cook-off Maybe or baking. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> Great British Bake Off. I swear to God, Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood, I think they had a thing. I, she's I'm, like 30 years his senior. It doesn't matter. That woman knows what the <laughs> fuck she's doing, okay? I guarantee you, you do not get to become the way she is and not know your way. I'm surprised you know anything about British. that show. Oh, I watched the hell out of that I've show. I've seen all the seasons. I fucking love that show. I was actually kind of shocked when they switched the, uh, the hosts and it became... Um, Matt Berry from um, the bald dude. Yeah. Yeah. From the comedian from uh, New Zealand. No, no. He, he, or England. No, he's from England. Yeah. Oh, he was forget a, about Barry White. That's a good Barry. Oh, that's yeah. a solid Barry. <laughs> that's a smooth Barry. Anyway, we know a Barry, but do we know what happened last summer? Let's get back to it. So at this point, uh, Barry basically starts a fight with Max. Uh, some random biker behind him is like, guys, calm down. And then it seems to dissipate. Now we're going to cut to. Um, the, the the foursome they're gonna go to the beach the after party yeah of our four characters hanging out at the beach and let me tell you as someone who lived next to the beach as a kid their beach was lit as fuck yeah. it was so bright I was like man where does that beach where does that exist because every time I went to the beach it was dark as fuck and we had to start a fire just to see each other's pupils that's all true but they had a fire that's the thing this was movie fire which makes everything illuminated it just lights perfectly. the entire seascape yeah there's a scene where like uh, Julie's like Ray where are you Ray and he runs up behind her and if you look at that beach it is like as open as a damn football field and lit as you said as if there's like stadium lights and he's like making noise running up behind her and she's like oh you scared me I was like you could look to your left and right and see anything for a mile in either direction like you he yeah. could not have snuck up on you absolutely not but they're telling the story around a campfire about um, the urban legend of the man with the hook or the the different variations of that story of like the person in the car hearing the noise right you, now how do you think they got in that position because it turns out they all know this story so is Barry just being like look I'm going to tell you a story that you already know how did they end up all listening to a story because they're like oh here's how i heard it here's how i heard it so they all know this story oh i thought it was gonna break out in fisticuffs <laughs> i thought it was that like everyone was that committed yeah, to their very version. serious i mean you got a good point what if i sit around a fire with you guys like let me tell you about a story about marty mcfly who yeah. goes back in time <laughs> i thought it was a delorean no i heard it was a pinto well, tell me a fucking new story what are you doing yeah here? fucking this is boring <laughs> i know this one well see i heard that biff was his dad so the whoa, version whoa, whoa. i heard <laughs> Not at all, bro. And then, though, the screenwriters of Urban Legends are like, fucking A. I think I had an idea here. Yeah. Oh, my God. How okay. many times do we have to sit here and listen to, do you know what an urban legend is? Uh, You've never heard of this term, so let me explain it to you, audience. Well, first, urban. Uh, that's the city. So these are legends. A legend is a story. City uh, stories. City stories is another. <laughs> that's the sequel to Urban Legends. Oh, I like it. Rural legends, completely different uh, type of situation. Usually corn-based, field-based. Yeah, Children of the Corn. If you've seen that, you've seen a rural legend. Exactly right. Uh, totally, totally different vibe than your urban legends. <laughs> Leprechaun in the Hood, urban legend. <laughs> <laughs> Jason oh. goes to Manhattan. Yeah. That's more of an aquatic legend. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of in the middle there. We don't have that's a good just a term. good boat-based horror movie. <laughs> yeah. So after debating over um, 
<laughs> the the urban legend of the hook hand person. You've all heard it. Murder in a car. No, I gets heard his hook that he stuck in the boat. door. <laughs> I heard the person was hanging and the feet were dragging on top of the house. I already had hooks for feet. <laughs> what about that guy? Yeah, it's very tough to walk, but he did it somehow. He used to be on stilts, but then he got hooks. <laughs> Poor little tink tink. Um, we're spiraling out of control today. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're low on sleep. Mark's sick. And John's just happy to be here. Yeah, that's it always. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us, listeners. So um, they they get mad fucked up. Well, Barry does. Classic and, Barry. And then Julie is Julie and Ray are going to drive them all home because uh, the prom queen has to get home. Well, don't forget, they each go their separate ways to fuck on the beach. Do they fuck? Oh, yeah, because Jennifer Lafayette takes off her jacket. Did I miss? Oh, just her jacket. You don't see it. Though. Okay, it I was off. like, did I fucking miss a scene where? Yeah. So, so she's like, uh, I'm going to college, and he's like, Oh, you're gonna fall in love with a college boy. She's like, Yeah, probably. But first, she takes off her jacket, and he goes, Are you sure? And then pans off to the beach. That's... Oh, is that the scene where he goes? He's like, It's statistically proven that high school like lovers yeah. have like the most like stay together rate, which sounds I... like total bullshit. That is oh, total yeah. bullshit. Yeah. That yeah, that that jacket off sequence is movie code for both yeah, own time. Total bang. Yeah, and then uh, Helen and uh, Barry, she's like, "Well, I'm going to become an actress, and you're going to be play for the Steelers." And, uh, and then he goes, "No, the Cowboys." And she's like, "Yeah, fucking whatever." Uh, and her life plan. I was like, this is a little bit creepy. She's like, and then we're going to go to France, and I'm going to let you impregnate me for the first of three children. I'm like, what? Look, deep I, don't, I don't want kids, but that was hot. Okay, <laughs> you I'm were hot. You like that. <laughs> I was, she was like, he's like, fucking impregnate me. I was like, breeder, let's go. <laughs> deep dead. She's like, then you're going to come back from rehab, and we're going to get divorced. <laughs> yes. She included rehab in the mix. I was like, she's thorough. Yeah. She has it down to the day. Uh, so they, they have their life plans. It's, I guess, how we're supposed to find out about these different characters. Mm-hmm. And then they, so they go, and then they all come back because they all get done at the same time. They choreograph. Uh, and then they, off, off they go. <laughs> we'll, we'll <laughs> he back. goes to black screen and says 45 seconds later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. these are high school boys uh, with very hot women, so I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you understand, huh, John? Oh, deeply, whatever. Uh, and now they go, and they go. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, derail it. <laughs> we are, we are, we're dying here. All right, so now they're in the car, and they're listening to some terrible song by the mighty, mighty. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Listen to someone else first. Yeah, that's okay. not what, that's not the song that gets turned off. <laughs> oh, I thought it was. <laughs> all right, so they're listening to some terrible song by an unnamed band, uh, and they're all just bullshitting in the car, and uh, Barry finally changes it, and during that causes a whole lot of fucking commotion where everyone needs to take their eyes off the road for some reason because someone touched the radio. Well, they have a bottle of open booze because Barry's an alcoholic. Thanks to rehab. Yeah. Right, and then Barry does his best Michael J. Fox fucking teen wolf shit where he goes out on the, like, the roof all most of the yeah. car going, woo! Well, yeah, he's hanging out the sunroof, kind of like, I'm in Vegas, baby! You Would know? Have been a great first death if when they hit somebody, Barry just goes flying fucking out the window. Or if he got knocked in half. Oh, even ooh, better. Ooh. Yeah, the sunroof closes, Final Destination hey, style. this is some of them punch-ups you guys were talking about that that Scream <laughs> guy that did. goddamn John Headcanon <laughs> whatever fixing Hollywood's do, mistakes for... Yeah. Whatever they do to get Barry out of the movie as fast as possible. <laughs> uh, so they hit something, and nobody sees what it is, and they're like, oh shit, I think we hit a dog, uh, which seems unlikely at best. They're in the middle of just a like an ocean road. There's no way a dog would have been. And then they say it's a deer also, and I was like, a lot of those coastal deer, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just really stretching here. And then they looked and they see that they really fucked some dude up. And his face is all bloody and whatever. Well, no. First, Barry's like, oh shit, my car. Oh, right. Classic Barry. That's right. He's very upset that he fucked his car up. 
uh, and then they that then they find the body of the guy that they hit, and right away they're like, "Well, we're just gonna have to dispose of this body pretty immediately." Uh, or Barry is he's like, "I can't be, I can't go back to jail. This is strike three. <laughs> <laughs> this is strike three for me, y'all." Uh, it may as well have been yeah. the way he was acting. And you know, Julie is like, "Well, you know, it's the middle of the fucking night, and this guy was on the road. It was an accident. We could just call the cops. It'll be all right." They don't want to hear that. They're like, he's obviously dead. Ray goes up to like make sure. And he's like, I think he's dead. Like he checks for a pulse and just couldn't find one or something like that. Well, but he didn't like check he, very well. He no, didn't look very well. He just sort of hovered over him and was like, I, I don't think know. it's Chester Copplepot. Um, <laughs> he looks kind of dead to me. I mean, his face is all bloody. Could you have that much blood on your face and be alive? I don't think so. But this is the point where everyone except for uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is all like, yo, let's just call the cops. Like, she's like, let's just call the cops. We'll be fine. Everyone's like, no, we should immediately hide this body because yeah. this could be like way worse if we report it. So a Ray is a pushover. Like he's just going to fall in line with Barry because he's a little bitch. Big time. Now, big time secondly, bitch. Barry. He's Barry's bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just say that? I said big time bitch. Uh, Okay. <laughs> Barry's big time bitch. But Barry has got an excuse for everything. He's like, this, they'll find the paint from my car on the body and they'll know that I did it and whatever, right? So there's always an excuse for not helping this guy. Their response said, well, if they don't find the body, they can't match the paint. I was like, no, Lord. Right. <laughs> so that's like how they get to let's dump the body in the sea so it'll wash away all the evidence. I'm yeah. like, dude. Well, they're like, even if they find the body, the crabs will have eaten it. It's like, Barry, you know a lot about dumping bodies in the river. I'll tell you what. He's like, if we're lucky, a shark. What are you talking Talking about Barry. Yeah. He'll uh, eat the evidence. Yeah. But I do feel bad for Julie because she's like, let's call the cops. And everyone's like, all right, is there any non-stupid ideas here? And uh, she's like, you're you're the brains of this operation, Julie. You should be more forceful. But well, Barry's being too threatening, man. He is well, like being nasty. Yes. He's being very, very aggressive. But like, this is the point where they see the headlights down the road and they're like, oh shit, decision time. So they take the body, they dump it over the edge just to kind of get it out of sight. That would over the guardrail. Yes. Way more sense. The car actually stops and the headlights illuminate them dumping that body. Oh, yeah. But Max doesn't see because he's distracted by Julie. And in my notes, I wrote, I get it. I would have been distracted by Jennifer Love Hewitt as well. So like mid, it's kind of funny in a sense because you see right over Julie's shoulder, like they're like mid dumping this body. Max is like, what are you doing out here? And then they look over and Barry's pretending to puke over the guardrail. He's like, no, oh, he's a little drunk. He's like, ah, fucked up his daddy's car, fucking rich kid. And I was like, oh, is that what was going on? We were doing this, like this rich poor thing. Well, yeah, they mentioned that like a little bit earlier because Ray is from a, a fisherman's family and he he wants to be part of the rich kids. And so Max thinks Ray's a poser. He's like, you just want to fit in with the rich kids so bad you can't do it, huh? And then the other people are rich families and stuff like that. But yeah, that little subplot was just completely pointless. Yeah. yeah, because they all seem rich. Yeah. Everyone in this whole movie never has to worry and about to, money. And to be <laughs> economics never come into any of the actual plot devices. No one gets a leg up or has any benefit or yeah. detriment because of their their economic state in life. So like, why did why was that a thing other than the fact that like rich kids? Yeah, it's all well, throwaway. It's because he wrote the script in two days apparently. So <laughs> no, no, that was Scream. Oh, Scream. Okay, yeah. maybe it's because he wrote the script over this five one he years. spent months <laughs> on evidently. No, um, but yeah. So Max is just willing to like buy the fact that like, okay, you guys are dumb. I'm going home and then drives off. That was pointless. Other than the fact that it's supposed to be there to give us the hint of like, <gasps> did he see something? Dun, dun, dun. And I can tell you through the entire movie, there was not a single moment that I thought Max was the one that well, was doing the killing. The reason you think that is because 
in like 15 minutes, they're going to kill him. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> right. They don't really leave him as a suspect for then very long. Then let me long. rephrase that. <laughs> At no point did I think Max or Ray were the killer throughout the entire Elsa, part of the movie. her sister. Like this movie, like so heavy handedly, like shoving your face into like, you know, whatever was like, that person could be the bad guy. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, but I'm not buying it. There's no evidence to support this in any way. And it's like, that person could be the bad. It's like, no, I'm not buying it. And it's just like the movie plays itself like that. And so like, yeah. Every time it was like this person, I was like, no, it's not. And so I was like, no, it's not. definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> so they, instead of basically dumping the body over the edge and letting the crabs take care of it, they put him in the trunk and they take him down to the uh, keep out danger pier. And um, that's a dope pier name. Yeah. <laughs> keep out danger pier. <laughs> you want to dock your boat there? Yeah, probably. Why not? <laughs> yeah, it's sure fine. It's um, so they take the body to the edge of the docks and they're like, all right, now let's dump it in. Everyone starts to have a little bit of a second you know, thought, except for Barry, who is gone from zero to fucking murder. No problem. Um, and no one will do it. And then um, Helen's like, fine, I'll fucking do it. And then she like dumps the body with Barry in the water. But before they do, he wakes up like the body's like, you know, and, <laughs> and they're immediately like, continue with the plan. Yeah. Shove him in the water. Push Fuck him this in guy. Quicker. He might be alive. Kill him more. Somebody stab him. <laughs> <laughs> so they dump him in the water. He grabs the he grabs Helen's crown. Her tiara. Her tiara. tiara. And then he slow motion sinks. holding the tiara. Like Terminator's <laughs> thumbs up at the end of T2. It was the best scene in the whole movie. Why was she still wearing this thing? Uh, if this you is won, all she's got, bro. Yeah. If Look, you won that tiara, you wouldn't be taken it off till the end of the night. That either. crown has memories now. It's been a, uh, it's been a fucking aid and abetting to a <laughs> fucking attempted think, murder. Here's a real question. Do you think she took it off when her and Barry uh, did the No, date? definitely no. not. <laughs> well, that was the first thing to be on before that was even a consideration. I ain't gonna croak without my crown. I'm the queen! <laughs> uh, so Do you see- think when she got off, she's like, I'll hail the queen, baby! That's yep. it. Uh, so, she's, so the guy sinks with the crown and Barry's like, well, we gotta get the fucking crown. They're gonna no, it's you. Uh, so he jumps in and the underwater talk about illumination. Oh, yeah. They, they, they <laughs> see everything in that water. This was Lethal Weapon 2, uh, like underneath the water, finding the girl in the jacket, like levels of lit underwater. It's astonishing. So Barry obviously has no problems in this well-lit seascape. <laughs> <laughs> Cleanest water ever. Finding the guy who is like still alive. His eyes open up and is like, fuck you, dude. And Barry's like, ah, and then he just swims up. He doesn't get the he, crown. Yeah, he takes oh, it. He grabs the crown and he's like, but the die? guy like holds like tries to hang on fight. to it and then like but the thing is that dude sunk instantly he's alive so he's got air in his lungs that dude just dropped to the bottom as if he was weighted yeah yep. and also held his breath for a miraculously long time oh i didn't think about that yeah but you know there's a fisherman powers so <laughs> he gets the crown and uh and then they're like okay we got to take this shit to our grave. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, except for Julie. She nods her head, and Barry does, has no time for nodding. Don't you nod your head, you fucking say it! Yeah, okay. We take this to our grave! Let me hear it! Let it go, Barry! You fucking say it. Okay, Barry, we take this to the grave. He puts her in a stranglehold. Yeah, and her boyfriend is right there. Yeah, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> but we're all tense here, but to pull it back a tad. And Ray's just like, you better listen to him, babe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus, man, this guy assaulted your girlfriend. Like, maybe get in between there. Next time we go to the movies, Mark, and I slam your wife against the concession <laughs> counter, like, you will get extra butter on your popcorn. You'd be like, you should listen to him. <laughs> also, happy birthday. <laughs> 
like so I'm not going to choke you, Jessica. You're fine. Don't you don't bring the mace. So it's not. But my- hence why Ray is such a bitch, man. Yeah. Like why she wants to be with this dude, I don't understand. Well, I'm pretty sure she dumped him like immediately. She's like, you know what? I thought we were going to keep together, but after you just watched me get assaulted. Uh, that happens, but for not that reason. Like, they just don't worry about how little of a, a, a nuts Ray has. We fast forward a year after these events, right? Zoom. Julia's broken up with Ray. Everybody's kind of moved on and stopped hanging out with each other. Yeah, apparently they don't even talk. Yeah, at all. Yeah. To be fair, like, that, that this is the one part of the script that I was like, oh, that's kind of well written. Like, this traumatic event, like, you know, and movies were always like, traumatic events bring everyone closer. It's like, no, it can also break people. Like, it can change. And the thing is, there's one really well written line. <clears throat> and I want to give um, Max Keller, or whoever wrote this, um, Max, Max Keller. Max Keller. That's from the fucking ninja movies. Yeah. The, the ninja assassin movies. Um, sorry. Julie says, um, she's like, I loved you, but I didn't want to know you. And I was like, oh, that's really like that was really well written because like think about it after seeing him react and behave in that situation or go along with it. Like I can see that being like, I don't want to associate with you people. I don't want to be. But her her reason for that is because she could not get past the fact that they committed murder. Yeah. Not that he was being a piece of shit. No, no. The fact that he would be willing to go along with this, though. Yeah, but she went along with it, too. I, if I were her, I'd be like, hey, remember when I was assaulted within five feet of you? And That's you why we're not me? a thing anymore. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like they, she, they went along with it, but like she, it, it fucked her up so much that now she's a depressed piece of shit over in college. God, take it easy, Mark. <laughs> she's dealing with some trauma. That's just a fancy way of being like, listen, I love you. I'm just not in love with you. <laughs> yeah. But she's off to college. Her grades are slouching and she's having to take summer school. So she's coming back to Croker County. She sees her mother and she's like, you're not even the same girl anymore. What happened to my daughter? Are you on drugs? Her mom's like, you know what? For the last year, you've been a real piece of shit. And now I've decided (laughs) to. You guys are going hard on Julie. (laughs) Well, her mom like, okay, way to be an observant parent. Like it took you a year to realize that your daughter well, is going I through some serious she, shit. I think she knew, but I think it's like, how do I approach this? You know, how do I reach these kids? So I'm going to do it while we're eating breakfast. Do you think you find an answer within a year's time yeah. frame? But she finally does be like, she hey. was threatened by Barry. Okay, <laughs> that's my excuse. <laughs> but she's finally like, look, you know, you 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 really. I mean, her her mom wasn't very kind though. She basically was like, you know, you kind of look like uh, someone chat you out. <laughs> <laughs> It was you, Mom. You mean a real piece of shit, don't you? And Julie's like, wow, Mom, okay, well, you know, thanks. And And she goes, oh, here's a letter, by the way. Right, yeah. No postage, no fucking return address, just a handwritten letter (laughs) to here you go. Return to sender. So Julie's like, oh, great, a letter. She's like. (laughs) You know what, John, though? That's the same level of energy the screenwriter (laughs) put into the script. Fucking love letters. So she opens it. Dun, dun, dun. It says, I know what you did last summer. And Julie, mom, who sent this letter? And her mom's like, how the fuck should I know? I just told you it had no return address. Uh, Can I see it? She's like, no. And then she runs upstairs and she stares at her letter for 24 hours. Oh, my Louis, the fucking joy. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, how am I going to know this information? Is this what they teach you at college? Yeah. She stares at her letter for a whole day uh, and night. And then she's like, all right, well. I'm going to need to reach out to the, the Scooby gang. Uh, and she goes to look for Helen. So she goes to the store. Uh, that's their family store. And Elsa's there. And she's like, hey, what's uh, Helen's New York number? And Elsa's like, finally, a chance to burn my sister. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting a full year. Uh, and she's like, well, Helen uh, doesn't have a New York number because she's over there in the beauty section. Uh, so why don't you go check 10 feet over there? 
Julia is like astonished. She's like, wow, Helen didn't make it to New York, which I was like, wow, that, that I agree with you. That's pretty believable. Everyone from high school had these big plans and then they end up doing the same shit. Uh, so she goes and she talks to Helen and I don't remember how this conversation goes, but it's cold. Well, basically she's, she's like, so why didn't you do your thing? And she's like, uh, and like, she's she like, doesn't I did for a little bit and then yeah. came back. And right. she doesn't want to admit that it was kind of fucked up because of probably what she was dealing with the, the murder too. I mean, everyone is affected by this except for Barry, yeah. you know, well, who's just living on the back porch, sipping Mai Tais. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Fucking Barry. Dude. But yeah, so they both kind of find out that they both have a very similar kind of situation of they, they had big plans. They had the life in front of them and this event and their choices kind of killed their 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 idealism, their that blind youth that really kind of like you know like yeah. you got the future ahead of you, and then reality hits hard, bro. Mm -hmm. So we, we're just to assume that they didn't speak to each other like immediately after the event. They all stopped talking to no, each other. No, I think they had like a couple of weeks, and then everyone kind of moved away to do their thing, and then that was that. I guess, yeah, that's got to be it. Because uh, I can't think of it how else this timeline would otherwise work. Like, so Helen did go to New York, you know, for like a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> a day trip, really. Yeah. And she caught a show, got a slice. And yeah. that was the last time they talked. Uh, so the, these two get together and, and uh, Joey's like, here's, I got this, this note and it said, I know what you did last summer. And they're like, we should go tell Barry about this. Which, the brains of the group. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, dude, that's like the last person I would be including in my plans. Why don't you start with Ray? But no. Even Barry was like, what did Ray say? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you came to me first, you fools. <laughs> <laughs> You're a real piece of shit. <laughs> Barry's a saint. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I have a quick question, though, because Barry has dog tags around his neck. Why? For a while, that was a fashion thing. Mm -hmm. There oh, was, was, there was yeah, you could get dog tags for anything. It oh. wasn't just mean like you were in the military or whatever, but it became a thing. You could like find the machines at Walmart. They'd press your own. You well, know, because I know in the book they like like well again the book's so different than this. Um, but like the war, like one of the characters like goes off to war. I think God, I've been so long since I've read it. I, I, that could be a nod, but the way that they changed everything from the book, I would highly doubt it. I think it was just a '90s thing. Yeah. So like Mark said, Barry's like, uh, you came to me first. What? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but they get together, and, and Barry's like, you know whose fault this is? Max. Mm -hmm. And he just jumps to that conclusion with his jump to conclusion, Mac. And he... <laughs> well, it's because... <laughs> It's because he's like, someone's just fucking with us. And they're like, I don't know. It was murder. And he's like, you shut your mouth, bro. Like, he just loses his shit. And then looks over to see if his mom's listening. And mom's just like, yeah, I'll take three of the periwinkle blue towels. And yeah. I'm cool, mom. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he thinks it's Max. He's like, he never got to fuck you. So Max is upset because we right. saw Max that night. And so he thinks immediately it's this dude. Yeah, Barry, though, he does. He's like, uh, it could be anything. Right. Anyone could have got this note. And one of them, I think it was Helen is like, well, only one of us killed or only one group of us killed somebody last summer. It's like, yeah. oh, he's got him then. Uh, so they go to poor Max, who is just living his life. The dudes, I don't know, like moves ice around. I think he works at a fishery. Okay. Yeah, he works at the fishery. He's at a fishery, and Barry's like, all right, ladies, you stay here. I'm going to go take care of this. Let the bear <laughs> handle this. <laughs> uh, so he just goes in. And he just like assaults Max. And Max is like, what the fuck is happening? I'm just at work. And Barry's like, I know what you did, dude. It's not funny. And if you keep this up, I'm going to kill you. And he doesn't mention the note, doesn't mention really anything. So Max is just like, what the fuck? And he, he pierces his cheek with the hook. Yeah. And punches him in the face. I was like, damn, Barry, calm your nuts, dude. It takes dude. one police report to put you in jail, Barry. You know? Yeah, that's where Max is like, 
try me, you college football dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yeah. call the cops on your ass. I was like, that is a very weak threat. Until, Max, uh, <laughs> until Max said that, I thought, though, when he was on the beach, like, and you'll play college football for the, the Steelers or whatever. You'll play football like as a quarterback. And I was like, ha, 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 that's a fun joke. And then when he's like, you college football quarterback. I was like, oh, that's real. Because <laughs> Barry looks like he's all a whole, like, what, 5'2"? Yeah. yeah. 5'2", bucko 5", you know. He's I even just... wrote it in my journal. Helen told a real good joke today. <laughs> Quarterbacks don't have to be beefy. I understand that, but still, you have to be tall enough to see over the front line back. Good call, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so Matt, poor Max, super confused. Barry's like, took care of the situation. Let's go get drunk. Well, they, what did they say? What, How? What'd you do? And, and he, goes, he goes, I threatened him. <laughs> yeah. He won't do anything again. Uh, Problem solved, ladies. And that is just the first of, that's just the start of Max's bad day. Because then the fisherman comes. Uh, the, that, the Gordon's Fisherman logo mascot? <laughs> yeah. He walks off packaging and is like, oh, nice fish hook. Walks off packaging. <laughs> he steps off the box. I didn't get that when you first said it. Oh, man. Okay, go ahead. Uh, he's like, nice fish hook you have there. Be a shame if somebody fucking stabs you with it and kills him. Like, right in the face, the poor dude. He like, well, he hooks it under his jaw, yeah, like, like, through like, his, like, mouth. Ooh, and so, just pulls him forward. This is going to be the first of my issues of kills. Okay. Okay, please tell me you're about okay go ahead i want to hear what you have to say max had nothing to do with running over anybody or mm -hmm. any girlfriends or anything actually involved with motive okay i wrote poor max there was no reason for max to be killed so that was actually a reshoot they actually went back and added that scene because at no point did it feel like the 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 bad guy was threatening up until like he started chasing them and even then there was no like real like danger so they actually went back and added that scene to show that there was a danger with this guy and they should be scared of this thing um so that's why that was added for no fucking reason whatsoever other than to tell the audience you should be afraid of this guy which again it's hard to be afraid of anyone who's dressed in a fucking like you know like my fun day on the boat you know outfit but um, that just confuses your plot but let's point out that max is basically over these giant boiling vats where he throws crabs like he's putting crabs in these like boiling like steaming vats and he gets fish hooked right over it this was, okay, you did not say what I thought you were going to say. It would have been a nice opportunity. Every fucking kill in this is the most boring fucking kill in any horror movie. Yes. None yeah. of them are imaginative. None of them are intense. Other than the fact that you see the hook go through Max's like mouth, um, that's the most violent kill on screen. Yeah. And even then, like it's pointless because it has no, no reason to happen. But yes, every kill in this is the most... Like, oh, and a kill happens here. And they never went back and wrote the kill. <laughs> it's just like that was what the script said, it seemed like. Yeah. I was so upset that there was no thought to any of these kills. He should have gone into the vat. Like, oh. threw the, the hook through the mouth and dumped him into the hot vat. Yes, or yes. Or, like, cool. drag him over and have him get, like, steam burned or something. Like, anything like that would have been better. Yeah. I think Max suffered enough. The poor <laughs> dude, he woke up. He's like, fuck, I got to work today. Uh, he goes to work, he gets bullied, and then he's getting, next thing he knows, he's getting stabbed in the face with a fucking fish hook. Was this movie PG-13? No, it's R. No way. Like, what? I, it, what? It felt like it could have been a uh, PG-13. Yeah, I mean, it the, the kills are muted. There's no nudity. Like, it felt like it could have been a PG-13. Yeah, but they say fuck a lot, so Barry. Barry got this movie in R. All right. Barry's got a cuss. Those are just the bare necessities. Oh. <laughs> they go, they bump into Ray. Right, that's right. At this point, they're like, oh, you're a fisherman? He's like, yeah, like father, like son, I guess. I guess I couldn't escape my low-income family lifestyle. It's like, again, it's like, oh, are we doing this whole 
subplot. Okay. Never comes back after that. They have a little, like, I want to call it a meet cute, but a, you know, like it was a, more of a catch up. Like, oh, you've been what have you been doing for a year? Oh, Julie, you're back from college. Blah blah blah. I still, dump, yeah. I still would like to be with you. No, but it, yeah. So after that, Barry is going to go work out now. This is the part yeah. where Barry gets hit by the car. Right. So he's in a gym. Uh, he's in a locker room actually, and he had just finished working out. He's in a towel, so we get full bear bod. <laughs> bear bod. <laughs> See what you did there? <laughs> uh, and now it's classic slasher shit. Right. He sees like a shadow, and he's like. Hello? And nobody answers. So Barry's like, nobody doesn't respond to my hellos. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and he just wanders through the locker room. And then he comes back and his locker had been like Opened. ruffled. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, <laughs> you mean rummage through? <laughs> yes. Rustled. Uh, <laughs> Still not what I said. <laughs> uh, so he's like, this is Max. Uh, because Barry can only assume that everything that happens in his life is Max's fault. Mm-hmm. So he's like, Max, I'm going to fuck you up. Hold on. Let me just get dressed first. He's the Moriarty to his Sherlock. <laughs> yes, exactly. Max is arch enemy. Uh, so he gets dressed and he's like, all right, Max, I'm ready to kill you now. Uh, and he goes out and he sees Max in a car. Well, he sees a car and he thinks it's Max. And he's like, well, yeah, the dude, like someone runs out the door and he's all like, like, and he hears his car start. And he's like, my car. And he runs yeah. outside. Whoever that fisherman dude is, man, is a great driver. Great. Backs uh, it up down the, the, the pier. And then turns the headlights on. And this is the part where Barry's like, oh, this guy might hit me now. Yeah. So Barry starts running away as the car chases him in a serpentine in a straight line. Very straight line. He could have at any point gone left or right. That's not what they teach you in quarterback school. <laughs> so he just runs straight. And eventually, Actually, that's exactly what they teach you in quarterback school. Well, that's why he's an ex-college quarterback. He could never, he could never get the left or right movement down. I, I can't turn left. <laughs> he's, very, he's got Derek Zoolander problem. <laughs> the fisherman is catching up to him naturally right on his heels. And then, bam, hits Barry, pushes him like through a wall and stands over him and is like, Fucking got you. Fade to black. Well, he doesn't say anything. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Say anything. Yeah. But for why doesn't he kill him here? Great question. What's the damn point? Barry tells us this. He says, he's clearly just fucking with us. He wants us to know he can fuck with right. us, which I'm, gonna, I'm like. I'll kill Max immediately, but I'm going to let you well, live for a little bit longer. Because Max isn't part of the gang. So he's like, we got to get this guy out of the way. He's just going to cause trouble in my pranks. Because really what he is is, pranks. <laughs> is a prankster. Is this the Jamie Kennedy experiment? It probably is. Yeah. Okay. He's a jokester. Yeah. A quipster. We, we find out later when he's fucking with uh, Helen's hair. That That's a prank, right? You're about to go on stage. Let me just cut off some of your hair. You done been goofed. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. In no. Terms. It's so dumb. Because his end goal is to kill all of them. And he's had multiple opportunities for them now. Well, he decided to not kill Barry. God only knows why. <laughs> uh, so Barry fades out, fades in. Barry's in the hospital, and he's like, for the 40th time, I'll tell you, I didn't see his face. And Helen's like, who do you think it was? <laughs> I love when she asked that right after. He's like, I didn't see his face. Who do you think it was? Well, now like, that you've asked 41 times, yeah. let me tell you the truth. Uh, Julie's like, well, at this point, we got to go to the hospital. He's like, no, we can't at this point. It's obvious he wants, he's just fucking with us. Well, they're in the hospital. Police. But police, I'm sorry, yeah. I say hospital. Okay. Yeah. But, um, and then they're like, well, 
this is our opportunity to flush him out because he won't. We're not going to the police. He's obviously not going to go to the police either. So now it's our turn to to flip the script and basically go after him. And we'll do something. We've got our secret weapon, Anger Barry, over here. You know, yeah, once Barry can use his legs again, <laughs> he's really you're done for, Gordon Fisherman, the beast. <laughs> this this is where they decide they're going to do their internet research. Yes, right. So at this whole this whole time, Julie is. Done her own research in the past because she's been fucked up by the murdering they did. Which fair. I totally believe that someone would have a lot of PTSD if you kill somebody and dump them in a river. Yeah. And so they determined it's a guy named David Egan. So well, she they're like, like, we don't even know who this guy is. So how do we know he's fucking with us? She's like, Well, his name was David Egan, blah blah. Oh, I guess and I, I thought that it was an part. anagram, so I actually wrote down David Egan and tried to like think of all these <laughs> clever names that it could be. Oh, right, because she says she saw it in the newspaper. They found yeah. him. Right. And then everyone's shocked, like, oh, you looked this up? And she's like, kind of looking at him like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm concerned about well, they this they found her a week later i remember this now like y'all didn't read the newspaper one week after you murdered i feel like right. i would have been scanning yes. every headline and news channel for information on the body we just dumped <laughs> yeah if it comes up barry's gonna let us know yeah, yeah. Man. Like, he's I- the team lead here <laughs> <laughs> so apparently they killed this person and we're like all right Let's never check the news ever again. Deal? Everyone except Julie held to that. Yeah, I got New Yorkin to do, <laughs> says Helen. Yeah, I can't be reading newspapers to look for evidence of a crime I committed. So this is the part where um, Helen and Julie are going to go talk to, uh, yeah, she does some internet sleuthing. They do their 97 computer oh, it was microfish scanning. Uh, tremendous. <laughs> they go to net search. And they find all these articles about uh, the sister, Missy. Yep. They're not just her, but she comes up. So Julie and Helen are now driving to David Egan's sister's house, which was like a middle of the woods, Texas chainsaw massacre, the next generation level like location. And they get there and it's played by Anne Hesch. They're like, oh, hey, like they're trying to play like coy, like, hey, our car broke down. Can we use your phone? And while we're doing that, we'll ask you a few subtle questions to see if we can find out what was going down or if anybody else knew because they, they're like there had to be somebody else we didn't know about that was there so they're trying to find out right. if david had any friends or anything like that mm-hmm. and they are so bad at this but i guess it's realistic but they are just acting so sketch around missy that's the character's name uh, it's like if i were her i'd be like uh y'all are are you here to rob me what's happening well right she comes now? upon him trying to open her window to her house and like <laughs> y'all need some help or something it's like come on yeah like, i was trying to break in so that i could use your phone obviously to call triple a yeah and so long story short you find out that he had someone that came out to ask about him and stuff like that named mickey blue or blue billy eyes blue. billy blue so we find out that he that uh, David was sad because his girlfriend died in a car crash. I guess that he was driving in, and that he had killed himself, and that Missy was really sad about that. And uh, and they're like, "Oh shit!" They think it was suicide, but we hit this guy and killed him, and that's what really happened. So they're they're real nervous about all this. And he's like, and then yeah, they find out they're like, "Okay, did anyone come visit you on David's behalf or anything?" And they're and Missy's like, "Oh yeah, this guy Billy Blue, you know, he was kind of sweet on me." And they're like, all right, I think we got all the information we need. Uh, we're going to go wait at the car for AAA because they pretended to call AAA. And so they sit in the car and they are like really shaken now. And Julie's like, look, we... We got to find this Billy Blue guy and unleash Barry on him. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, look, we killed this guy and we like ruined everybody he knows his life. And Helen is like, uh, 
pump your brakes, Julie. I don't think we're that powerful. It's like, yeah, actually, you are. You hit this guy and dumped him in the fucking river. What are you talking about? And then Missy, like, jump scares him. She just runs up and bangs on the window for no reason. And is like, you forgot your cigarettes. Also, your engine's working. Yeah. How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah I think you like my like, speed away. Did they have cigarettes? Yes. Do they smoke? Yes, because Helen was smoking in the car on their way out there. Because oh. it's the first time I saw it, and I was like, oh, hey. God, I haven't had a cigarette in a while. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> God, I miss cigarettes. But um, yeah, no. But I don't know why she took them in the house with her. Yeah. You know, she wasn't wearing clothes that would like have a lot of pockets. So I was kind of like. To forget him. Out. I mean, that's When you convenient. break and enter, you take cigarettes to leave behind. That's got DNA on them. You want to leave DNA. Absolutely. That's just the <laughs> That's just criminality 101. <laughs> yeah. Look, these guys got away with murder. I think they know how to do crime. Okay. Good call. <laughs> We're the amateurs here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then they also have this like conversation where, you know, Julie is like, you know, uh, no, Helen's like, we used to be best friends. And Julie's just stone cold. She's like, we used to be a lot of things like not murderers <laughs> <laughs> i thought they were going with a whole like lesbian subplot there and helen's like well i really miss you and julie's like deuces and jumps out of the car and mm -hmm. goes into her house mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then she sees her and then helen goes inside her house her deadbeat dad is just staring at the tv doesn't acknowledge her existence she goes upstairs the killer is inside the house at this point and so helen's like getting ready for bed or whatever and then her sister comes in because this is a very key plot point these two people hate each other more than any siblings I've ever known in my whole life. Elsa. Elsa and Helen. Uh, also, man, way to go 180 on the names here. Helen, real solid, just, you know, stock name, Elsa. Well, the book was written way back in the day. <laughs> you know, I don't know if the movie would have posited this, but it might have helped it out. If there was some sort of jealousy aspect that Elsa had over Helen, like, oh, she's the pretty one. Yeah. Oh, she's the queen. Oh, there was. She's getting there showered was. all the attention. At the very beginning, at the fucking... Um, stupid um fucking pageant pageant yes god i couldn't remember that word she gets as she's leaving with her crown she's just like you just think you're so much better than everyone else huh but you don't know it's her sister at this point and so i thought it was just one of the other contestants who lost just being fucking snarky about it and so like yeah she confronts her it's kind of like this is all you got you think you're so hot meh, 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 meh. and then this later on this comes back and else is yeah. all like I need you to come into the store to work tomorrow. Still didn't know they were sisters at this point. And then like, she, she <laughs> why is my manager in my <laughs> yeah. house? That's I was like, I was How like, did you get in here? I was like, wow, small town living's crazy. I would not just let some, someone's boss like go upstairs. She's changing. Well, drunk daddy ain't going to notice if the whole town <laughs> yeah, walks through his house. He's over fair. just watching True. baseball True. or whatever it was. So the killer's in the closet breathing believe, heavily. But, and then <laughs> Elsa's like, look, mom died and left me in charge of the store. You know, you need to do what I tell you. And she's like, I got to be in the pageant parade tomorrow. I got to be the, the float queen. Well, it's tradition. Yeah. It's tradition. Okay. The the previous queen has to be back on stage to kind of judge the next round right. of contestants we and pass the crown on to the next croaker. Started this year because there was no previous queen when Helen won. Oh, good point. Yeah. So this year, first year of the tradition, it's going to be a tradition though. But I, to go back to this, it would I make break a, with tradition. <laughs> it would make a lot more sense for Elsa to be jealous if she also wasn't gorgeous. In other movies, she plays the hot woman in the movie, so it's very confusing. Yeah, why Veronica Vaughn want to touch the Tiny. Yeah. We've already gone over this. So like, her being like, oh, you're the pretty one. It's like, uh, I mean, I think you're both the pretty ones. So you can calm down here. It was very. Yeah, I guarantee you in a fucking town full of fishermen, Elsa has never had a problem feeling no. pretty. Not at all. Uh, you're a town full of fishermen. <laughs> I'm just saying. Barnacle Bill wants to date the ugly one. It, you know, uh, I'm just saying that it's, it's a working collar, working class kind of like, you know, thing. I guarantee there's like, unless everyone gets married at age 16 and is 
all like, well, I should have got the hot one. Oh, well, my bad. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, they could have cast maybe someone who wasn't equally gorgeous is all I'm saying. Yeah, you're that would have made wrong. a whole lot more sense then. I'm like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> then, uh, so Helen finishes going to bed. She takes apparently like 17 Ambien and goes to sleep because the killer comes in, cuts her hair while she's sleeping, doesn't wake her up, cuts her hair, puts on a tiara, and then writes on her window, soon. Yep. And uh, the thing is, is like, before they go to bed, like Elsa, Elsa's like, she's combing her hair. She's like, I have to do it. It's tradition. She's like, you and your hair. You love your hair. I was like, was that established? Because that's the thing, I guess. And I was like, I was like, why doesn't her and Barry hook up? Elsa and Barry would be perfect for oh, each other. they would. Ooh. Oh, my Talk God. Talk about a power couple. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Cordoba, or whatever uh, you are. They'd be like, they'd be Croker. running that town. Yeah, it'd be, uh, they'd be the mayor and uh, <laughs> co-mayor. The Croker queen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, she goes to bed. Her hair's been butchered. There's no fucking possible way that he could cut all of her hair like that and her not wake up unless she was heavily sedated. Yeah, it's impossible. Also, she weirdly sleeps on top of all of her covers, which I thought was strange. Okay, one little note. She had a bunch of decorative pillows and she just chunked them up for her. I was like, why? fucking have them if they just go on the floor when you're not using them and back on your bed when you like oh. not using your bed it's a waste of time you don't need these decorative pillows my wife did ask is like she's like is that what will you do with decorative pillows just throw them straight on the ground i was like i guess when you're the croaker queen that's what you do. Uh, or a normal person. What, is your, does your wife like put them in a special? Well, no, I think it was the same sentiment that you have. Like, why even have them if you're just going to toss them on the ground like it's they're like trash? It's fucking like those are guest towels. And I'm like, no, it's a fucking towel. Like, just use it. No, guest towels to... have an actual use. They're for guests and they don't have to use your gross towel that you use every day to clean your body with. That's the difference. I'm going to tell you the story about these decorative I don't pillows. use hand towels to dry my body, Mark. I hate to break this to you. Really? Oh, no. no right away, I take mine off the rack just straight to the ball. <laughs> <laughs> just like I use five, got five hand towels a day. These are for guests. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, the thing about decorative that's the scrotum washcloth. As <laughs> <laughs> someone down. who has to have this fight, oh, well, I gave up now. But for years, I battled back on decorative pillows. The thing about them is they make no sense. There's no logic. They just look nice, and that is apparently their purpose. Uh, I would give every dollar in my bank account to have a monologue where Barry's like, "What's up with these pillows? Get on the fuck out!" <laughs> Every surface in my home needs to have a pillow. Uh, we have pillows. I think, but you can't lay on them, though, right? No, they're all wildly uncomfortable because <laughs> they're for looks. Uh, one of these pillows. That's Elsa's problem. <laughs> She's just for looks. <laughs> one of these pillows is just all buttons. What? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's there for looks. Um, why do you just walk up to him and go, why do you exist? Constantly. Uh, Listeners, stay tuned for the Grave Talks deep dive into the history of the fucking decorative pillows. Each one of our couches has like six pillows on it. It's mind boggling. But, you know, when you're married, you got to let some of these things go because I could fight this every single day and I would just uh, It's not lose. the hill to die on. No, it's not. You know, if it makes I you I want you out of here and take your decorative pillows with you. Uh, good news. I got the decorative pillows off the bed, so I want a small battle. She won the war. I'll tell you what. But you know what? Who's seeing those ones in your bedroom, really, other than you two? Well, they've moved from our actual, but they're not out of the bedroom. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they moved from the bed. We've hung to, them from the ceiling to the foot of the bed where we have like a, like a little bench. They're just all crowded on that bench. Which whatever, it's out of my way, so fine. Man. <laughs> anyway, I know what you. I know what John did last summer. He shot for decorative <laughs> pillows. Um, so yeah. Her hair's all messed up. Um, at this point, she calls over Julie, and then Julie, I guess, did some more research and found out, oh, 
I don't know. Some bullshit happens. Who the fuck cares? Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. like they go over there. Well, like, well, Julia, I think has like an attack of conscience. She's like, look, we got to go tell Missy that it wasn't a suicide and that we killed her brother. Yeah. Yes. And, and she's it. like, I'm going to take the yearbook over and just go photo by photo and ask which one of these is Billy Blue. Yeah. Well, because they look through and they're, or they do find, they also find uh, David, right? David's photo. And I did like this part. He's like, oh, is that what he looks like? And they're like, yeah, well, that's because his face is it smashed in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so they go, so there, and Helen's like, okay, well, you go do that very dangerous thing. I'm going to go sit on my float. Well, no, no, uh-huh. she, Julie tells her, it's like, this is our way, this is our, our chance to flush him out. You two go sit on the float and see if you can find him. I'm going to go harass homegirl in the yeah. woods, Missy. Well, don't forget, like, Helen freaks out when she sees her hair all cut up and Big the crown time. on her and, yeah. and the sign. And no, she's no, I understand, losing but... her shit. And then she's like, I gotta go find Barry or whatever. And then she's driving her car and she starts hearing this noise from the trunk. No, no, Julie is the one driving the car. Right. With the crown. Oh, you're right, you're what right. What are you waiting for? Right, so Julie, I think, goes to Helen. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, because Julie's driving to Helen's. She hasn't yes. even seen the hair yet. They haven't come you're to the right. plan. And she hears the noise. She goes in the, and this is very reminiscent of the urban legend. She hears a quick, quick, quick. And uh, she <laughs> He goes and opens the trunk and there's uh, Max's body covered in crabs and ice. And I it's thought just this like, was a cool looking shot though. Oh. I really liked the scene of all these live crabs on a dead body. I was like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah, that according, was super cool. According to the trivia, uh, Jennifer, Love Jennifer Hewitt. Hewitt saw the uh, the fake corpse of uh, Max's character, uh, or Max, and she was so distraught on set, they had to have the actor call her and be like, I'm alive. Because oh, it wasn't that good of a body. <laughs> Evidently, that's what the trivia says. That like they had to like assure her it was okay. She was so disturbed seeing a dead corpse of him all eaten up by crabs that she had to be comforted. And I was like, oh, "You're please. an actress, yeah. yeah. Like, do you not expect you're going to see things that aren't true? Like, does she have like <laughs> like where he's like, oh my god, they the aliens blew up the White House? Uh, somebody had the White House call Michelle Geller or whoever. Wouldn't it have been faster to just t- oh, it's plastic? <laughs> <laughs> no, have Max call her real quick. Everyone's. Just calm on set and be like, oh, yeah, no, that's Max's corpse. Fun fact, Jennifer Love Hewitt had never seen a movie at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, So anyway, she sees this. She freaks out. Evidently, she's a block away from Helen's house because she runs into Helen's house, opens the door. But Barry's already there. And everyone's like, ooh, our... Are Helen and Barry getting back together? But that's a story for a different time. Also, so didn't care. They run back to the car. They open the trunk, and oh. the corpse is gone. At some at somehow also doesn't uh, Ray come? Ray just shows up there as well. They they all converge. Yeah. Well, oh, I think Ray was already on his way over. Okay. I think so that he was going to he was going to find Julie. Ah. Okay. He was so, going to look for Julie. So the bat signal went out. They're so, all converging yeah, at Helen. So here house. here here's a problem, right? So somehow somehow Gordon's fisherman cleared her car of crab and corpse in five minutes yeah. or less. And dried it. Now, I think this was an And act. there's no smell of crab in the trunk? I'd be like, Barry, stick that your head in the trunk. It smells of crab. I think that's just normal, Mark. I don't think you could get away with hiding that smell unless he had a bottle of Breeze before it was on the market. I like how all her jacket and everything were perfectly lined up again. Yeah. <laughs> but now, maybe I thought... I thought that because I was like, this is totally impossible unless it's like a supernatural thing. But I thought maybe this was act, maybe Julie actually like imagined it. Maybe she's cracking under all this stress and pressure. That would make more sense. Uh, now they don't really, they don't answer the question in the movie and the guys are like, uh, okay, you know, whatever, this is nuts. And, but Helen is like, no, I believe you. I think I'm on team guy here where it's like, I think Julie just is cracking under the pressure because it, nothing else in this movie is as uh, overtly supernatural as this would have to be. Agreed. In the middle of the day, in a neighborhood, it's like if 
outside of your house right now, you saw a fisherman clearing crabs and a dead body out of a trunk. It would be impossible. Uh, so then they start, they start to crack now, right? Barry's like, okay. <laughs> Barry the enforcer. <laughs> He's like sitting on the front of the Macy's Day Parade float with fucking Geller on the top, well, like, and they're well, scanning the crowd for fishermen. They're like, <laughs> you live in a fucking fish town. Like, really <laughs> funny. But before that, Barry's like, you know what? I haven't seen Max in a while. So new, new thought. This is Ray's fault. And he just attacks Ray because he, because they're like, look, I was hit by a car. Her hair all fucked up. Uh, Julie's apparently got dead bodies in her truck. What do you got, Ray? He's like, well, I got a letter, too. Barry's like, mm, sounds like bullshit to me. And <laughs> Punch. A, yeah, just attacks him. So they break it up. Yeah. <laughs> and then the so Julie's like, all right, I'm going to go to Missy's. Ray just storms off in a huff because he just got beat up. So he's, you know, really in his emotions. Uh, and Barry and Helen go to scan the crowd. Right. And they see the Croker Parade or whatever with <laughs> yeah. marching band, the whole nine yards, right? And they see like 20 fishermen. Like, everywhere <laughs> like a, oh, another slicker. Ooh, ooh. Uh, I really, They're everywhere. Ooh. Charlie's all in the bushes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really like that scene. What if Barry did go to Vietnam and he's got Benjamin Button disease? <laughs> Oh, that could be it. I also love that they just let Barry sit on the float, like not in any kind of dress garb, nothing, just fucking Barry. Well, he's not even like looking like, hey, I'm happy to be here. He's just like, I wish the motherfucker would. Yeah. His face is all like... cut up and shit from the hospital. Like he's still healing. Uh, it's ridiculous how, he, but yeah, he's just on there, just mean mugging the whole crowd. And, you know, Sarah, Michelle Geller, Helen's just trying to be like, Yo, okay, hi, doing yeah. the wave and shit. And Barry jets into the crowd when he thinks he finds the right Gordon Fisherman. Well, she points him out. She's like, Barry! And he's just like, I'm on it! <laughs> Attack dog, stop. <laughs> and Barry tackles this fisherman, and I swear to God, gave this old fisherman a heart attack, and they killed again. Oh, Barry has killed again. It's like, oh, what's happening? Am I being robbed? Barry is the Joe Pesci of this town. He's just like, you think I haven't dug a fucking hole? I'll dig the fucking hole. <laughs> just like, Jesus Christ, Barry. And while Barry's gone, Helen sees the real hooked fisherman up on the crowd, where he just makes like a, 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 a sign of slitting your throat with the hook as, the, as she passes by. It's so cheesy. <laughs> and Helen's like, oh my god! Uh, then it cuts to Missy. Now Missy, or not Missy, cuts to uh, Julie. Julie has uh, cornered Missy in her backyard essentially, and she's like, look, I gotta tell you something. <sighs> this is tough to say, but uh, your brother, it wasn't a suicide. Uh, we killed him. And she's like, uh, no, it definitely was a suicide. I kept his notes, but we couldn't tell the insurance folk this because, uh, the money, here's the note. She gets the, so Julie gets the note and it's, uh, and it's written in the same handwriting as I know what you did. Yeah. As a note that she received. And so she's like, look, this is not a suicide note. Uh, this is a death threat. And Missy's like, all right, I've heard enough of your nonsense. Skedaddle, get out of here. She's yelling, get out of my house, yeah. but they're outside. Okay, I noted that too in my notes. I was like, you can't threaten to get out of someone's house if you're already outside, baby. Yeah. Uh, Missy, not that bright. Well, you know, she's- She's uh, been through a lot, guys. Sure. All right. I think you're, you're holding people to a real high standard. They got a lot of emotional trauma here. Sorry, Ann Hesh. Yeah. Except for Barry. <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah, Barry, dude. Yeah, fuck him. He was all, Barry didn't change at all. He just became more Barry as he as he went through this. But is this the moment where it starts to click in her head? Is like, oh my god, it's not David Eakin after all, and. Yes. Where yeah. she comes up with the, because of the tattoo, right? There's something that someone had a Susie tattoo. Yeah, the person, the, they hit, the person they hit had a tattoo that said Susie on it. Yeah, and Missy's like, he never had a tattoo. 
too, you dummy. <laughs> yes. And I will. Okay. This is the part that pissed me off the most about this movie. It wasn't until about fucking 10 minutes later that I figure out what they were going for. I was like, Oh, that's what you guys are trying to do. This shit's a little convoluted. So, to, so confusing. to spoil it real quick, just to make it easier for the rest of us to get into this plot. Evidently it's Susie's dad who's upset that his daughter died in the car accident because um, fucking David was drunk or something or got her killed or something like that. So Susie's dad went to go kill David and he killed David. So they didn't actually hit David. They hit Susie's dad and they thought it was David. And and they did a good deed because they killed the murderer. Well, they thought they killed the murderer. Uh, they threw him in. Turns out, though, this guy can get hit by a car and drowned. He's Rasputin. He popped right back up and was like, I'm going to wait one year and then I'm killing all these kids. Uh, on the, no, no, no. On he didn't think that. He said, I'll fuck with them for a little <laughs> yeah. while in the most stupid way possible and then eventually I'll kill them. On the anniversary of when they hit me with the car? Yeah. Seems strange. Which was also the night that his daughter died, though. So everything happened no, on the 4th of July. No, it wasn't the night his daughter died. It was the night he killed his daughter's killer. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah. Thought that, I thought it all happened. I thought it happened a year later because I thought they said that... The, uh, Susie died on because I remember that's why David was going to kill himself. He was going to commit suicide because that was the but anniversary of the car accident. No, the, they they the, said uh, it the year okay. before. Yes, everything this is this is over four year span. Everything happens on Fourth of July. Wow. Why do humans need to have this need for anniversary <laughs> like know. meanings? Anyway, you should ask the screenwriter who apparently doesn't know any other dates of the calendar. <laughs> and uh, then again on July Fourth, and then on July Fourth, and then on July Fourth. Uh, are these placeholder dates? Nope. No. This is this is how I want it to go out. All right. All right. So no, I I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. Audience, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm positive that David. I feel positive that David was going to kill himself that day because that was the anniversary of the accident. He felt guilt. Susie's dad kills him on that day because it's also the anniversary of her death. And then he gets hit and then waits a year. And the anniversary of him getting hit is now when he's going to get his revenge. So the Gordon Fishstick killer <laughs> is the murderer, uh, Susie's dad. Dad. Yes. Right. Now, this would be Which a lot made more. no sense because they don't explain it. They expect the audience just to know, but they've done no fucking yeah. And again, when this stuff. revelation comes, I was like, okay, yeah. I don't I don't fucking yeah. care. I'm not like a big <laughs> flashback guy. In fact, they gener- I generally hate them, but we don't ever see Susie. We don't meet her. We don't know about her. And she's like the emotional linchpin of this movie. She's so great. Two people want to die over her. Right. Well, one wants to kill and one <laughs> wants to die. Uh, Big failure of the movie. Yeah. Because we're not attached to her or her dad at all. A better opening would have been showing Susie's death, right? Like, you, oh, it's prom night or oh, sorry, it's the 4th of July, whatever. We're going out on our big... Which is also prom night. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> oh, Susie, old croak queen. Oh, there you go. That's why she can't be on the float. There you you, right. So you tie this all together, and yeah, they're out drinking and celebrating. We get to meet her. You know, maybe there's like a save the cat moment where we get attached to her, and then bam, she's dead. Then we fast forward a year, and now at least we have met this character. Good call. Punching things up. <laughs> we need to make an app for the iPhone that basically is like John's head can. It's just a big picture of a can. You hit it and it goes boom. And then it's all like, you should make the killer this. Like, it's just like randomized tidbits. It's like a magic eight ball with John's head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then it cuts back to Helen. Now she's on stage watching a really shitty talent act. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're, they're doing the next uh, the next Croker, Croker Queen, Queen yeah. thing. Magic. I forgot that that happened. And so Helen, I did like this part because this 
song and dance routine was super shitty. And Helen is just like, is this what's following me up? You're a grand old flag. (laughs) Uh, And Barry is up on the rafters for some reason, just doing Barry shit. Well, it's a callback. He's he's, he's from where they were earlier. But this time he's like vigilant unless he's like, he's lost the innocence. He now knows there's danger. And he's watching to make sure that nothing happens to. But he's just watching the stage. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he's he's a horrible lookout. Well, the thing is, he's, he's, he's obviously the one place that it would take you forever to get to where the danger could be. I would right. He wants the bird's eye view, but the thing is, like being on the balcony her, is not a tactical place to yes. be if you're going to stop crime. I would respect this movie more if that was the problem. It just took them a long time to get up there. But no, this movie in probably the most sexist movie scene I've seen in a long time. Helen sees Barry getting murdered. She freaks. She's like, oh, oh my God, look up there. Everyone's like, look at this hysterical woman. Surround this woman and calm her down. (laughs) She's like, just will you fucking look? And we we see Barry getting murdered in the shadows, back to very lame killing. And we just like, just go, just turn around. Will one person be like, let me see what she's screaming about. Step one of how to assist weak females (laughs) is to surround and suppress (laughs) instead of let them run away free. It's very, just like, it's very uncomfortable to watch. Uh, it's a finally a cop is like, all right, little lady, what's happening? Okay. I love this because he's like, let her go, guys. And then he puts his armor and is like, what's the problem? He's like, you're stopping her yeah. again, bro. Like, so he's like, all right, I see you're you're having a little. You're in hysterics. I understand. Come on. You have what they call the vapors. <laughs> uh, so they go up there. And he's like, who's murdering your friends? This cop is like, there's oh, no one here. Real fucking dick. He's like, you know what I don't like? Not seeing murderers. So let's wrap this up. <laughs> You're really causing a scene here, little lady. We're going to take you home. They put her backstage. He's like, your parents are worried about you. We're going to take you home. And then the, the croque majeure, um, like basically like goes, uh, excuse me, we're going to need this. Tiara. She's clearly holding it as like this, like safety blanket yeah. type thing. Like she, she's like the tiara, the tiara. And then he's like, uh, we're going to need that. And yanks it out of her hand and she's just like Buh? and I'm like god damn you guys this town they have one tiara in the budget okay and this, this town deserves Barry <laughs> the, the thing is is the the max kill and the kill where you see blood spurt on the window when Elsa gets killed in a little bit um, those are the only two actual like gore kills you see on screen like and you don't even see anything yeah. on those except for Max's thing and then so they're driving her home and the road's blocked I guess because the parade earlier and the cop goes we'll have to take the alley which and small town i guess is not that big of a deal but block for the parade they could have just moved the blockade yeah. over and well, drove through you drove think, through. around it you yeah. would think that all that, but this parade is as we will find out here still happening the oh you're right why is it <laughs> there's a daytime parade and a nighttime yeah, parade it's, oh God, you're right. There yeah. is two parades. The parade is, it goes, just goes around all day in a circle. Uh, Those poor marching band members must be tired as shit. And the whole, so he drives down the alley and the whole time he's still talking shit. He's, he's like, oh, did this uh, killer use the hook to cut your hair? And Helen's like, no, he fucking used scissors. Uh, when she starts talking, she's like, look, you Mayberry motherfucker. I was just like, get him, drag him. Like, fuck this cop. A cab, baby. It was such a switch, though, because the scene before that, she's like, I know this sounds crazy, but and she's like, listen, you dumb <laughs> the motherfucking. Mo- the moment he, he went after her hair, she was like, yeah. gloves are off, motherfucker. Barry didn't teach me nothing. <laughs> do you think <laughs> I would do this to myself? You little shit stick Mayberry ass reject. There's been a murder. And you're going to fry in hell if you ignore it. All right. I'll tell you what I'll do, okay? I'll contact Barry's parents. We'll put out a search for him, all right? He was probably just playing a prank on you. 
Uh, and then also the thing, and this, I mean, this was very classic 90s, uh, but her hideous hair, still perfectly fine. Well, she changed it for season two of Buffy, and that's why. Uh, so that was her season two Buffy, or uh, when she goes to college. She just cut it short, and it looked fine. Yeah, it was totally yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, so the cop goes down the alley, uh, and there's a broken down pickup truck, and he's like, all With right. With a guy in a rain slicker and the hat. The Gordon's Fisherman guy is working on the front of a car. Even in a town of Fisher people, uh, that is strange. It's nighttime. It's not raining. He's nowhere near the... Why is he wearing this getup? But the cops Because like, the town was founded by Fisher Stevens, and it's, <laughs> it's tradition, you guys. And as we know, tradition is unbreakable. I guess so. So the cop's like, all right, you stay here. Try to be less hysterical when I return. I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go help this guy out. Guy working on the truck looks up. Lo and behold, it's our killer. So naturally, Helen is like... Uh, the, the, that that's the killer. That's the killer. And the cop's like, Jesus. this will be the first time that a female in this movie distracts the victim <laughs> who then gets hurt or killed. Yeah. So the cop's like, Jesus Christ, she's screaming again. He's like, will you calm down? Turns around, gets stabbed with the fisher hook right in well, the he, gut. Yeah, he stabs it like, and this fisher hook is like, I mean, I get it. You could probably push it in with enough force. But uh, we, we come to find out that this killer is just your standard dad. Yeah. Like yeah. he's not like fucking also, like Henry Rollins. This hook is not a good weapon. No. Just to be frank, it's it's for lifting really heavy fish to well, the, throw the it crates, into the, the boat pods or into the too, crates. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's got its use, but to continually use it as your your marquee weapon, you want something sharper, something more deadly than this hook. Yeah, I don't understand how he killed the cop like that fast. Like he he pushes it through his body yeah. and then pulls it back out. So I guess in in essence disemboweling him. Super unbelievable though. I mean, at, unless yeah, it needs to be sharp on all parts of the hook. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just not how hooks work. It needs to be a, a curved saber, if you will. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. A falchion. Uh, so <laughs> Helen is like... So she kicks out the fucking cop car window with her, move. with her like strap-on heels, and I was all like, nope. Nope. I was like, I don't care what small town you're in, the cop car windows are strong enough to basically withstand you kicking it with your Jimmy Choo's. And so... Nope. Um, not, not Helen Strength. Not you Croker don't Glass. Yeah. <laughs> Croker Glass is made of nothing but, like, what, hope. What, <laughs> he falls out of that car, and I thought everything was falling out of that dress at that point, because I was like, Kudos to the Whoa. tape guy. Yeah. The tape guy, man. That guy needs a fucking raise. And what you don't know is one of the requirements of the Croker Queen is squats and track and field. Mm -hmm. So she Mm -hmm. crushes that glass and then she just books it and it's incredible she runs super fast but in classic slasher movie style hook guy he just needs to walk at like a moderately fast pace and he's closing the distance she's sprinting her little heart out which i'm fine with honestly and and slasher flicks and stuff like that i'm fine with the like the killer walks and can keep pace i have no real issue with that i don't it's just this guy he's just a guy he's just a guy well, that, well that's the problem though is like later yeah, he's on he's not supernatural yeah. there's nothing there that like makes me think like with michael myers you're like what the fuck is dry? right what is up with this dude like what could be i, I can believe it because i don't know enough about this thing like you know that this guy is nothing special and then when you meet him later it even solidifies even more like this guy shouldn't be able to do anything of what he did but, he's not even particularly good shape you know he's but, just a dude <laughs> helen yeah. runs across town to um her snitchers, store um, or shivers the um, the all in one store that her sister like manages department store yeah and she bangs the glass she's like let me in and the sister's like okay slowly oh, lets her in oh, no no her sister is like what are you screaming about she's like I'm gonna I'm being attacked she's and her sister nope I don't know if Helen is just known for being hysterical because she's like please save me her sister's like oh, all right hold on very slowly goes and gets the keys very slowly comes back lets her in and then she's like 
go lock the other door. I'm going to call the cops. Her sister is just like, what are you on about? I would love if every character in this movie, anytime Helen like was freaking out, I'd be like, what did Barry get you involved in now? Like I would love if everyone's yeah. like, this is all Barry. Yeah. I just um, like, I don't know, care how much you don't like your sibling. If your sister is so obviously panicked, you think you'd show a little bit of that same well, hustle? This is what pissed me off. She kicks through a goddamn cop window and then she can't kick through the fucking front glass well, door she, of this fucking place. I don't think she wants to because she wants to use the door to keep the guy out. I just, I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> all right. I'm so frustrated with this movie. Anyway, let me speed this shit up. She gets inside the thing. The sister's like, oh, you're freaking out. She's like, go lock the goddamn doors. And she's like, okay, I will. You kind of find out the killer already got in before the, uh, the sister Elsa locks the door. She locks the door, turns around. There's the killer. And she's like, whoa, whoa, what? Gets her throat slashed, blood splatters on the window. Cool effect. But again, another kill that's unimaginative and does nothing for the fucking plot whatsoever. Then the, the killer runs upstairs, tracks down uh, Helen. And then we get this awesome chase scene where she's got to outrun the But he uh, the hides killer. under plastic. Yes, he hides. Hides under, there's a bunch of mannequins that Helen or I Elsa was putting scene. plastic over because evidently you don't want dust getting on the mannequins overnight. Seems weird, but know. it seems okay. like more work to put the plastic Look, and take it off than the dust them. When you own mannequins, you can judge. Okay, <laughs> that's just <laughs> standard. No, no, no. If you procedure. own mannequins, do not cover them with any kind of cloth and or material. Period. You will freak yourself out. End of story. Yeah, that's that's actually more true. Yeah. So okay. and I, the plastic bit I get, but also I like it, it looks cool. You can see him in the back struggling to get out of the plastic <laughs> yes. belt, which gives Helen a head start. I liked that bit. Uh, and then yeah, comes a really great chase scene where Helen almost escapes and then she runs outside down the alleyway where there's like 90 uh, fucking tires it's tire alley <laughs> yes. it's on the map when you look at the croaker map it's tire alley yeah it's just free tires there like, yeah nobody in Cro there's a settlement take a tire leave a tire that's what you do down in tire alley <laughs> tires are popping <laughs> yeah um, what else so are you gonna do with tires uh so she almost gets down the thing and she's about to get to the nighttime parade which is going on <laughs> which i didn't even think about to you guys mentioned and now i cannot stop cracking up yeah. about this but she's almost about to get there but right before she does the killer jumps out from behind her grabs her and you think oh she's dead no they have a fight scene and she is manhandling this guy she's throwing him back and forth he's throwing her back and forth and i was like i have a note that says if you're potentially getting your ass kicked by helen you're a shitty bad guy which when we come to find out makes total sense except for every other part of the movie yes. up to including the chase scene where he's like a super bad guy it also turns ray into more of a bitch oh ray biggest bitch dude <laughs> I mean, we Helen, already Helen almost took him out. Ray's getting his ass handed to <laughs> him gets by the Gordon's fisherman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, Helen's dead. Helen gets it. She How gets, does she get it? Do they show it? It's she not shown. She gets stabbed in the she stomach gets, again, I do think. They show you it? see her behind the tire and the hook goes down. You don't actually okay. see yeah. it. Then it zooms out and the marching band going right by The them. band played on, <laughs> baby. And so at this point, we cut back to Julie, who's going to go to Ray and be like, I found Billy Blue or like, you know, like. It, no, it wasn't our fault. She's going to go get Ray to tell him, like, hey, it's I, I cracked the code, baby. And she gets there, and Ray's on the boat, and he, she looks at the back of the boat, and it says Billy Blue. That's the name of his boat. And she's like, you went to go see Missy? And he's like, I can explain. And she immediately is like, I don't want to hear any of this, even though I'm all about finding evidence and understanding well, she, this. She's like, oh, you're the fucking killer. And she just runs away. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. Well, he's Billy Blue. No, but again, that does not mean that he's a fucking killer. It just means there is now a connection that you should probably uh, like hear out. Well, she's hoofing it off the pier and runs into a non. Oh, hold on, he—they already think Ray's the killer because remember when Billy beat the or Billy when but 
No, the, Barry. Barry <laughs> says it. Barry accuses, but everyone else is like, that doesn't seem right. Like, she immediately just buys into it. Like, okay, well, I guess it all adds up. Two strikes and you're out. That's how she rolls. Yeah, this, this, this movie's just irresponsible. <laughs> well, I, I agree. The last 15 minutes of this movie are really, I, I always, I struggle watching the ending because it's so dumb. And poor, and Julie, who had been a fairly decent character at this point, just starts the, there's no more dialogue for Julie. All she does is scream for the rest of this fucking movie. She's got a great scream, though. Shout out, oh, scream out to uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt yeah. and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Both of them have wonderful fucking scream queen screams. I I did want to point out that they both did an oh. awesome job of that. Evidently, um, Jamie Lee Curtis was filming something and went by the set and um, give her like like hugs and stuff, which I thought was really cool. nice. But um, anyway, yes. So she's like, oh, my God, you're the killer for no reason whatsoever. And then like Ray's like, wait, wait, I can explain everything. She doesn't want to hear it. He gets cold cocked by an old man. He falls to the ground and the old man's like, get on my boat. And she goes, okay. And I'm like, you fucking moron. Well, she still thinks, yeah. I don't care. You don't get on a boat with a random person at night. To continue. Well, I mean, if you think the other, no, if you think the you, other you alternative is murder. It's going on. I mean, I understand her thought process. She's panicked. No. But also, an, an, another opportunity where the killer chooses to not kill somebody he wants to kill. Because he knocks Ray down and is like, well, that's good enough. It gets on the boat and starts a tremendous monologue where he's like, oh, it's the 4th of July. You kids should be out partying, having fun, running people over, getting away with murder. Yeah, and that's the, that's supposed to be the big reveal. But he he says it as in a way of like, Oh yeah, by the way, again, there's no also, impact to anything. Uh, Julie's already seen the walls of pictures of themselves inside <laughs> oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, the cockpit, the cockpit, the, <laughs> the cabin, the cabin of this boat. Right. So she's already like, Oh no, I have made a huge error in my calculations. <laughs> Tactical mistake. Then like, so she pushes by him. I oh, know. Doesn't this is where Ray comes back and starts getting his ass whipped? He hops on a tiny boat and catches up and then jumps on the bigger boat. As <laughs> I the, love when he as jumps the, on a tiny boat. <laughs> yeah, and then so he's on there, and then I guess old man Gordon sees him. He's like, I gotta go take care of him. I'll come fuck with you later. Yeah, you stay here. Uh, once again, this movie just underestimating women. He's like, you won't be a problem. Just stay here. I gotta go fight the man. And a bunch of scenes happen at this point that is just irrelevant. I, I, it's, a it's a chase around the boat. There's a fight between Ray and and um, old man Gordon and and Julie goes like into the belly of the ship at some point into the ice room <laughs> where the body of Helen and Barry are mm -hmm. and, and Max get, and Max we get to see all three of them kept on ice on the boat which was actually a uh, gelatin cube yeah it didn't look like ice at all I was like <laughs> that is not ice bullshit but the thing it's not even a chase because the killer is busy fighting Ray so she's just sort of running around the boat on her own she's keeping herself busy. <laughs> lost and confused uh, it's like finally, a cat with a cat toy just yeah. here sit in the corner so she finally gets back to the top of the boat and Ray is getting his ass kicked. Well, actually, he's kind of got the upper hand here and she's like, ah, and distracts Ray. Ray gets knocked off the boat. Once again, the killer's like, all right, well, I'm sure you're dead. Ray's hanging on to a rope that's in the water, just like, just like a drowned rat, you know, just like, I'll, I'll, I'll claw my way back up onto this again. It was, I would have bought it if everything in this movie hadn't been so lazy. I was just like, of course. And like, I didn't care. Yeah. So Ray, you know, he's busy trying to get back on the boats. Uh, the killer's going after um, Julie at this point. 
He's like, I got you. Finally, Ray gets back on. They have like this kind of moment where like she's down in a hole and he's going to like get her. Gordon is. And then Ray uses the ropes to hook his hand and wing him up to the top of a pulley and it cuts his hand off with the hook. He swings this like pendulum, smacks him in the Gordon in the face. Somehow Gordon's hand gets tangled up in there. They shoot up and it just perfectly slices Gordon's like wrist off. Naturally, the we're supposed to believe that his hand went through the pulley system and then it basically got too tight and it like ripped his hand off from like the wrist forward. Total bullshit. But he falls into the water um, and uh, we're like, okay, guess he's dead. Uh, the police finally all show up and shit and, and uh, Julie and Ray are hugging and he's like, okay, this part pissed me off. It's like, they're, they're having a conversation. He's all like, Hey, look, uh, I know we've been through some shit, but now that we've got it figured out. I've always loved you. Think we can give us like another shot. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it's literally that deep. And she goes, I love you too, Ray. And then hugs him. And I was like, fuck you. Well, it's because she says, I understand your pain. I understand. Your, <laughs> like, you've understood his pain the whole goddamn time. You both went through this. Right. And then, but the, his whole explanation is like, why were you seeing Missy? Why were you pretending to be this Billy Blue? He's like, because I could, I never stopped loving you. And I was trying to solve this. Yes. It was like, something oh, like that. I was like, up. fuck you, like, dude. Like, You're still the killer, aren't you, Ray? <laughs> so anyway, the cops basically are like, here comes the body. And they pull up this fishing net and it's just the hand with the hook. And they're like, oh, don't worry. The bodies usually turn up about a week from now anyway. We'll find him. He's dead. Which Brr. is ironic. And then you were supposed to be like, oh, because Gordon is like, next time. You kill somebody, you better make sure they're dead. Yeah, that's his uh, fucking big killer monologue. I'm like, God, dude. And you're like, oh, well, all right, this guy's dead. Uh, so then Julie goes to college, and we find out that Heron and Ray. Oh, wait, real quick. Also, they're like, well, who was this guy? What happened? And they're like, nothing. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. He's like, why did this guy want to kill you both? Uh, no comment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because we're so amazing. So, like, suddenly they're on board with keeping secrets about fucking life and death. And it's well, like, you guys are nothing. It's like, did you see the cabin with the photos of you and your friends? <laughs> like, uh, that's weird, huh? Well, they They think... <laughs> in their mind, and I, I don't know, I guess you can get real philosophical, but it's late and I'm tired, that they didn't do anything wrong because they didn't actually kill anybody. The person they thought that they killed turned out to be just fine, if a little crazy. Uh, I so, thought they, that they did the whole, like, well, that book sends everything, so yeah. we're done with this. Well, well, let's ask a question. Why not reveal all this to the cops at this point? Well, because they did... I mean, at the very least, they hit somebody with a car and <laughs> dumped their body in the water. That's got to still be a crime. That's yeah, a misdemeanor. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a manslaughter, baby. Yeah, but he's not dead. Yeah, it's like attempted. It could be attempted murder. At the very least, it's a hit and run with a person. Yeah, but they, he tried to kill them, so we're equal. Just get Even Johnny Steven. Cochran in there. He's like, look, no body, no murder. That's all I'm saying. We got a hand. A hand ain't a murder. <laughs> or, okay, what they could have done is be like, well, here's the thing. My friend Barry hit this guy with a car. We weren't involved at all, but Barry... Helen, who else is dead? Max. Uh, they I want were, the spinoff movie, My Friend Barry. Yeah. They yeah. were all in a car drunk. And they hit. could have pinned everything on Barry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he could defend himself. Or the old man who's missing. So if they, he does turn up, they're like, hey, buddy, you're missing a hand. Are you the guy that killed all those kids? You're coming with us. Well, I think they told him who he was. Yeah, that guy's like, definitely. They know the, the identity of the Gordon Fishstick killer. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's definitely going to jail if he's not dead. Spoiler, he's not dead. He also doesn't go to jail. It'll wrap this movie up yes. with the end scene. So, 
fade one fade, year later. Of course, fades out, fades in. Uh, July Fourth. Ju- Julie's in <laughs> Julie's in college now. She's in the shower. She's talking to Ray, and she's like, "Oh, you could ravish me later, Ray." I thought she was talking to her mom at first because she was all like, "I I miss you too. I'll see you this year." Because remember, they make a big point of like, "You never call me. You never talk to me. You never like you know want to keep in contact yeah. anymore." So she's having this conversation with someone like, "Well, I'll see you in like a week. It'll be fun. We'll hang out." Blah blah. blah. And I was like, "Oh, she's talking to her mom." And she's like, "What am I wearing? A towel?" And I was like. Uh-oh. <laughs> and she's like, you could ravage me all next. I was like, okay, she's got to be talking to Ray. And um, but she yes. sees a note and she's like, oh. no, no, her, her, her sorority sister goes like, hey, you got a letter. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's an invitation. She's like, whew, that was fucking tricksy. So she goes back into the shower, which she left running because in the 90s, no one gave a shit about water. Now, I take scalding hot showers <laughs> and I do steam up my bathroom to the oh. point where it's hard to see things. Uh, and then she sees written on the shower wall. I still know. And then glass breaks. The end. The Gordon Gordon Fisherman guy jumps through the glass at her and then it fades out or it cuts smash cuts to black. And And that's this movie. And we probably have some terrible 90s song for the credits. Yeah, it's a hush. It's the deep purple hush cover by Kula Shaker. Yuck. Uh, I will tell you this, that uh, they, they make a sequel and Julie comes back and they're like, oh, shit. How do we wrap up the ending and justify that she's still alive? It was all just a dream. That whole ending scene. It was all a dream. It's a retcon as a dream. That a re- Are you kidding me? Reoccurring dream. Is that what they do? Yeah. Fuck you, writers. The Fuck first you. scene in the sequel is her like on the phone again. She's like, yeah, I've been having that dream again. And they're like, oh, which one? You know, the one where I'm in the shower. <laughs> oh, I'm talking dirty to Ray. You two broke up months ago. Ray's dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I have not seen, I still know what you did last summer, but read that they end up in the Bahamas or something? Like they go on a vacation? I right near it. the beach. Bye! I watched so. it a few years ago, so it's all real fuzzy, but I remembered the... So was the script. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's definitely a step down, I'll tell you that. Are the kills any better? I don't remember them being much better. I don't kills. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... No, it's, they're pretty much the same. I, I think they don't want this to be a gory franchise. But again, again, can we just point out how fucking boring and non-interesting so much of this movie was? And again, it's competently made. But geez, they did nothing to like push anything forward. But ugh, anyway, I, I, I couldn't recommend this movie. I really couldn't because there's so many better slasher flicks out there that I would watch the burning like, you know, like there's so many better slasher flicks. I mean, the burning, <laughs> that's your go-to better slasher. It's fit? better than this. Sleepaway camp's better than this. Oh, we got to talk about sleepaway camp. I think I've mentioned that. Before. What was that one with George Costanza? Watch that. The burning. Oh, the burning. Oh, okay. Yeah, fuck you, dude. You're giving me shit about this movie that fucking rules. Uh, How dare you recommend the burning? Watch the burning, everybody. <laughs> What's that one movie that's really good with the, oh wait, what is this? That was the burning? Yes, that's the Bro, burning. I go, we watch so many movies for this podcast. They all blur together. <laughs> They put me on blast. It was like, no, 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 fuck your in taste. My mind, this thing out. In my mind, there were two different movies: The Burning, which started, which was shitty because of the how that guy caught on fire. I remember that. Yep. <laughs> he went up like a candle knocks over, and he goes up like petroleum jelly. He sleeps with ba- barrels of kerosene <laughs> next to his pillow. And then a good movie that had George Costanza in it. I didn't remember <laughs> they were the same movie. Yeah. It's the one that has all the canoe kills. <laughs> That's that? right, where the guys just float and waiting. Yeah, I'll yeah, be yeah. found one day. Yeah. I think if you really love nine. 
90s like horror cinema, you'll enjoy this movie. But it just was so it it leaves such a non-existent impact on you that like other I mean, to be sound completely crass and I apologize, listeners, other than the glorious dresses and chests of our two leading ladies, there's nothing that I'm going to remember about this flick. Oh, you'll other remember fa- Barry. Other than the fa- oh, okay, I may remember <laughs> Barry. We get a Barry tattoo. He's like the Mika of the '90s. <laughs> Ooh, no, he had personality. Mika had nothing. <laughs> so the problem is, this movie doesn't have enough of the gore and the the blood that you would want out of a horror movie, and then the mystery aspect of it is so weak, you don't care. Don't spend any money on it, but if it's on a streaming service, you could do worse. And don't accidentally buy the soundtrack. You'll be very disappointed. Or you might love it, you know? You might love the soundtrack. Maybe you're in the 90s yeah, alternative. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think picked all those songs? All right, I'm going to disagree with my co-host, and I am going to recommend it, uh, because I think it is a very good time capsule of what horror was like in the mid-90s. This is what the universe looked like between, like, Scream and, like, the 2010s. These are the kind of movies that were made. And so if you're going to watch those kind of movies, you may as well watch one of the originals. Well, we had, like, Final Destination. We had Urban Legend. We had, I mean, House I mean, on I, Haunted I, Think if, yeah, yeah. If these movies are significantly steps up that from this. I'd rather watch this than 13 Ghosts. Oh, again. fuck you, dude. I Get out of here. I don't think I would say that. I would. And uh, Urban Legend, I think if you rewatch it, you'll find is like at the pier of this movie. The, the Urban Legend no, 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 is I'm not, not saying Urban Legend's 10 like, miles like, yo, ahead. you gotta go check this out. I'm just saying, come, but Urban Legend, you remember the kills. They're all unique because they all relate to a specific Urban Legend. They're gory. They have some thought and Robert England's in it. There's some shit that's memorable about well, Urban Legend. Urban Legend had a stronger cast. That's true. Jared Leto was in it too. I mean, it had a oh, bunch yeah, of really Jared good Leto people in, in there. Uh, uh, Brad Dorff. I mean, the whole crew, whole gang. Oh, of, I didn't know Dorff was in it. Yeah, a whole bunch of people that. are in there. Uh, so, Urban Legend, better cast but same quality of film at the end of the day. I would say uh, in lesser hands, yes, it could have been the same, but I do feel like it's more memorable. I remember more from that movie than I do this. Right. Uh, I don't know. I think I, I would I would recommend it. Uh, I think it is a snapshot of a time in history that is pretty cool. All right. Well, that's our thoughts on this one. Anything else before we wrap up? No. I want to say happy birthday, Jessica. I hope happy you enjoyed birthday. the episode. Happy birthday. If you've got a birthday out there and you're a listener, <laughs> hit us up. We'll be happy to dedicate an entire episode. Um, actually, no. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you all so much for for listening, supporting the podcast. We do have some really cool stuff. Uh, for our one listener out there, you know who you are. I just got things uploaded to our merch store. So now we're in the process of updating the site. So that'll be happening very soon. I know I've said that before, but legitimately this shit's going down. I put my, my credit card on file with it. So oh, it's shit. gotta happen at this point. Whoa. So um, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. We're gonna do some redesigns, but as always, thank you for listening. You guys are the best. You rule. We'll see you at Frightmare and we'll tune in next week for the episode that will be American Werewolf in London. Correct. Not Good to be one. confused with Paris. Where can they find all our stuff at? The um, the internets. <laughs> <laughs> the World Wide Web. What is our World Wide... What is our website address, Garrett? That's what I was trying to it's, get at. It's uh, the, the www.gravetalk.com. AOL keyword, the Grave Talk. <laughs> AOL. <laughs> if this if was it was 97. Yeah. Good call out. Welcome. <laughs> Listeners, have you seen... I know what you did last summer. Why don't you let us know on our social medias... Get American Werewolf in London watched and check back with us next time. Thanks for listening.